0: Thank you. Welcome to the MRAC Film Club, where mirrors reveal all cracks. What we do here is every month one of us chooses a theme. This month is Brian's month. He chose Kubrick. This is week four or five. And we meet once a week to discuss single film. This week we got The Shining. Usually there are supplements this this month, the supplements were canceled. But there was a lot of supplemental material for this week which we'll get into there are spoils of Brown we spoil everything we're just spoil we spoil movies books we spoil it all mm-hmm. be prepared who are we I am the shotmaster General Anthony R and with me as always from the backwoods of Stephen King Country in Maine Brian
1: that's right I I'm in the same state. As Stephen King, and he's still alive, so he, he's, he, and he's a couple towns over, you know, I'm just saying he's a couple towns over. So I'm, I'm, I'm resident science bitch.
0: I'm sure he loves when fans just come up to his home and knock on his door.
1: <laughs> There's a bookstore in Bridgeton, which is like a couple towns over, and the, the, the lady owned the bookstore is like, he'll randomly come into the bookstore, find one of his novels, sign it, and just put it back on the shelf.
0: Whoa. Oh. Classy guy and we also have uh from the state of rhode island pete
2: hey guys uh coming at you today hot with some takes from uh clockwork orange but looking forward to the discussion
1: (laughs) pete's late homework
3: stay tuned for that and over in asia we got marco uh yeah I, i didn't have much time this week so i only watched the simpsons version of the shining but i feel it's sufficient. Yeah, it's all in there,
0: right? Ah <laughs> uh, well, well, let's just bribe take a take it away. Let's just let's just tear into it.
1: That 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 Pete joke about doing work like the week after will never stop being funny, like ever. It will be like funny no every single time. Okay, uh here, here we are. We get a lot to we're just gonna dive right in. So um what we're talking about here is based on a novel by Stephen King called The Shining. Um, the screenplay was done by Kubrick and Diane Johnson, equal credit. Diane Johnson, um, she really worked with him a ton on this one. I mean, she like stayed, not stayed at his house, but she would go to his house every single day. She flew over to England to when they were filming to like revise it. So um, they both got equal credit for the screenplay. So I want to make sure that's out there. Um, so here's my really short synopsis of this movie because we're going to talk about it in depth. Uh, all crazy theories aside, I really think basically the movie follows the Torrance family as they caretake for this overlook hotel. It's pretty secluded. Um, it's supposed to be in Colorado. And uh, the movie, in my opinion, at least, is like how like past trauma, if you leave it unreconciled, um, it's going to both haunt you and it's going to haunt your loved ones. And so the main character, Jack, basically he never deals with his demons of alcoholism and this absolutely was paid forward with a, a little bit of help from the supernatural, paid forward to his family. Uh, so with that, initial thoughts.
0: Initial thoughts. Well, I'll, I'll go first. This is also one of my favorite movies, just in general. And I'd never read the book before. I took on the task of reading the book, which I've always wanted to do. Um, I know people that have read the book and then watched the movie, they kind of don't like it because of what Kubrick did to it. This somehow made me appreciate it even more. It has so much background. So I watched it on Sunday. I was reading the book all week while I was stuck at home with COVID. I watched Room 237 for the second time. I watched it like like years ago for the first time. And then, yeah, watched a bunch, went down some rabbit holes, watched it again, finished the book. Yeah, I could just, I mean, that that's my initial thoughts. I could, I could gush about this forever, but we'll wait till we get into the scene by scene breakdown. Um, I'm curious. Pete, have you seen it before? you, you didn't mention it
2: before. Yes, have not seen next week's movie, but I've seen this movie. Okay, so you've seen The Shining.
0: What do? You, what was your initial thoughts?
2: Um, uh, no initial thoughts. I'll wait till we get into the the uh, discussion of all the scenes, and then I've got some stuff. Getting information out of Pete's that, like scores. <laughs> 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 he keeps his cards real close to him. Well no I don't know how to define the word initial just like you guys get to your note oh. dumps and i I've been dumping my notes for the last hour so I'm, I'm just <laughs> I mean, I'm just confused it's... sometimes Okay, okay. what are
1: your, what are your general thoughts how, not initial maybe initials the wrong word what are your um what are your general thoughts on the movie like you know your one sentence about it
0: or have you did you remember the like when did you see it before and did you like it when the first time you saw it or something like that?
2: let's see let's see. actually can you come back to me do we need anybody we'll, else we'll go to, initial thoughts we'll go but yeah wait
1: wait hold on. actually let me help him up Pete we're talking about the shining this week um from okay.
2: I got you I got you no but I've got like I I literally have 50 notes so I've got <laughs> to scan it for a minute okay
0: Mar- Marco Marco give us your I mean it makes sense the initial thoughts usually when you've seen it for the first time so right. I guess I guess that it would make sense that it kind of throw us off this week we'll Marco it. what about you what do you got
3: um, uh, okay, so so this is first full watching, second attempt Whoa. at watching, and and I can't, I can't remember. I mean, there, there are several like classic movies, uh, over the years that I've attempted to watch, and for what some reason or another, I got distracted and never finished. So, this was one of them, and I had tried to watch it after reading the novel, so I had the more typical initial reaction um, mainly centered around Jack because and and not to go into it so much that there's there's you don't get a ton of information on the character and so hopping into the movie you like go straight to you know from the beginning him being a little off the rails um so my initial watch I had that issue with the movie now there's been enough time that i'm kind of watching it fresh and even though i remember the novel it's not as you know fresh in my head this was great horror um the thing that disturbed me the most was was danny but but we'll we'll get into that but oh you (laughs) mean
0: your 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 fear and and hatred of children not hatred maybe is a (laughs) strong word.
3: That's that's a strong word, yeah. riguchi.
0: It is a strong word. I shouldn't say hatred. Your um your issues, maybe issues is a better distaste. Word. Is distaste your distaste of the sound. Not children <laughs> thank- in general, just the sound of a child's voice really gets to Marco.
3: Yeah, yeah. Th- th- thank you everyone for ensuring that whoever my future partner is if she stumbles upon these episodes um, won't stay with me for what much longer. Thanks guys. Let's... Well,
0: Marco, we're putting
3: you gotta put yourself
0: out there. I mean, we plug you at the end of every episode that if anyone <laughs> by the way, if anyone wants to date Marco,
3: contact uh Club at gmail.com. <laughs> Haven't gotten any bites yet. For the record, it's not all children.
0: If you hate children <laughs> as well, contact mreckfilmclub at gmail.com
1: <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, okay, uh, we're coming back to Pete. Let's, Pete, let's go yeah, back. To Pete. Yeah.
2: Okay, okay. Um, so it's funny. I think Marco, did you just say that you thought the character development was a little off or not complete?
3: Yeah, I mean that that's generally the common complaint is that with with the novel you get the backstory. Okay, of, there's a lot of character development of Jack which you you don't get in the movie.
2: So I'm I'm disconnected from the novel. I have not engaged with it, but my comment on the movie that I wrote to myself is that the character development in the first first thirty minutes was amazing. So it, it's just funny we had an opposite thought there. But you, you know more than I do about the real characters in the novel. Um
3: because okay, you haven't you haven't read the book, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah, yeah. So so, so that that needs to be qualified like the kind yeah. of character development I'm yeah.
2: talking about. Yep. Yeah. And then my other um just my other, I'll, I'll say, like, initial or overall thought at the beginning is, like, just the focus, my focus on Nicholson, Jack Nicholson, um, Nicholson himself as an actor. And even, I mean, you could say this, similar things about Shelley Duvall, but he's just so unique. I don't know. We, we've watched so many movies, and when we watch movies, we we always talk about, oh, you know, what actor is that guy? What actor inspired that guy? Or what, what actor does that guy inspire? And I just think of Nicholson, like in terms of the history of, you know, American cinema. And I'm just trying to think, Jesus, like who, who was like him before him and who is like him after him. He's just like, he's just so odd Um, in in a good way, I guess. So I'll go with that. Yeah.
0: He's, 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 he is the movie in a, in a, in a, in a sense, like he, it is that that's one of the reasons not to get into it right now, but that's one of the, one of the issues I guess King had, is that he's already unhinged at the beginning, like right at the drive-up? See, he read, he saw it on the TV.
2: Yeah, and and one more, one more comment about this movie. I so I actually just watched Terminator this weekend because we had to have some, you know, husband wife movie time too. So right. with with that right. well, Terminator, yeah. So with that, with that, so I've seen Cronenberg <laughs> recently, like Falchi. It's so funny to me now. in In my brain right now, I have a. I have a, a, I have a definition of what is an '80s movie in my head right now. If not late '70s to '80s, but until this past month, I really didn't. But now I do because I'm I'm just seeing a few from this period in time and just thinking about them all intertwining. That's all. That's my last thought there. Okay.
3: I, I think we got a future '80s month coming from Pete. Oh boy! Oh boy! Wow. I'll, also, also, just really quickly, just to piggyback what what Pete said. Having watched it the second time with enough time away from the novel, I was also having the thought that I actually this character is developed very well, just not in the same way you know from the novel. So it it's a it's a different type of character development.
1: All right, let's. I say we we jump right into it here. Um, here's the plan. Here's the plan. The plan is we're going to go scene by scene. From the movie, leaving out some of the minor scenes, but um, and we're gonna comment on each or or not comment at all. So here we go. Um, basically, let's start with the opening sequence. Um, Ugh. the shots and the music, the Ugh. aerial shots and the music. Ah, oh,
0: so <laughs> memorable. Just, I, I'll never forget seeing it, and every time seeing it, that that overhead shot and the and yeah, and then the music, which. The second time I saw maybe I was inspired by the documentary 237, but I could have swore that music were like the Indian, like the the death call of Native American souls. Did anyone get that? Like the, like that kind of, not to, I don't want to get it. That's not even a theory, the Native American, like that's like subtext of the film. I don't think that's a conspiracy there, but yeah, just it is it's so a eerie,
1: times. so eerie. I just, whatever, like that music is so eerie. So it sets the tone, and I actually did read. I don't know if this is true because I, I, I've seen the movie, but I don't remember. Apparently, some of those shots were repurposed for the end of the movie Blade Runner, too. So, but I don't. I yeah, don't know. that that,
3: that, that the the like conspiracy theory, doc, like doc you sent with the dude on YouTube, like
1: that's that's where I picked up on it. Okay. Did so, anybody else watch that? It is going to be. It, I, I I watched everything. That's except a, except oh, for okay. room 237 but we'll get we're going to talk about room 237. oh you didn't watch i see so, i watched I did. but i oh, you, well, you did i watched it. i watched i watched like uh, not less than half of it i watched like maybe a third of it we'll we'll get there we'll get there. I'll, I'll i am
0: very I happy did. to fill you in on it i'm very happy yeah. but yeah. i didn't you watch that section that's the one thing
3: i didn't watch was that youtube video of all that one youtube video yeah. was the thing i didn't get to so okay. that that the music in the opening scene is is based off the Dies Irae, um, which was I I didn't do the background on this, but uh, it it is a Gregorian chant. It's also in Verdi's Requiem, but just really quick looking up of this, and I hope I'm not wrong. It's basically a choral depiction of Judgment Day. Um, so, well, that's that'll that's- give some context.
1: All right. And now we go to we're going to fast forward to the scene where Danny is sick. They're at their house, not at the Overlook. And we first meet Tony. Is that be? does the interview happen, though, before that? Oh, yeah. Sorry, I just jumped over the interview scene. My bad. Don't, yeah. Don't okay, you ja- da- dare. Ja- Use it the Overlook.
0: Don't you dare jump over the interview scene. That is one of my favorite scenes, actually.
2: I've really? got an interview quote. I've got an interview quote. Oh, wow. Pete,
0: Pete give it to us.
2: The winters can be fantastically cruel.
1: Sums it up right there. Love it. So nice.
2: He he was warned. He was he was warned.
1: You So what, what are what are your favorite parts of why do you like the uh, interview scenes?
3: Okay. I got a comment. M- Marco. The hair. Jack Nicholson's hair.
0: <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Ullman's hair. Ullman. you're kind of
1: looking like Ullman there, Bri. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's a moment hey, good. Mark, you're talking about like the back of it, how it was just like sticking yes. out. Yes. From the beginning,
3: from the game, he's already sort of like losing his composure.
2: <laughs> Unhinged. Well, he's 40. He's 43. You know, it's rough when you get up there in, in real life. But it's such a it's such
0: a weird interview. And it just seems unnatural, the conversation from everybody involved and i mean let's we can get into the impossible window if you want you just you saw that part of room two days oh yes
1: yes that's that's very well known the impossible
0: the impossible window window. pete do you know the impossible window no so so when he walks into that office there's a really long it's a part it's in the building the part that's really long and then when he walks in, there shouldn't be a... Basically, the, he, there shouldn't be a window behind him because they're in the middle of the building. So he walks in and there's a bright window with sunlight outside. But that's just more of... I mean, I, I that's more for fun. Uh, who knows what that means? But I just got the feeling when I watched it, this time, the second time I watched it, that Omen and this caretaker knew what was going on in the hotel. Like, it seemed like they knew. The caretaker, what was his name? Watson? He does. What purpose does he serve, except for being ominous? That's like his. He just sits there and looks at him, angry and
1: evil. Like that's it. That's like what he does. His role is to stare at Jack. And there's there there. It's uh, sometimes I mix the book and the movie up, but I I know that um, I know that part of the story is that people get fired if they talk about it.
2: Well, and if in the movie at the end. They show Nicholson's face in the picture. Are you led to believe that his face is really in the picture, even like at the beginning of the movie, and that a guy was recognizing how close he looked? Or is that, am I reading? What's that now? Oh, we're jumping. Okay, sorry,
1: sorry. I don't. I, don't, yeah, that, I think. I mean, first scene to the last scene. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we're doing like the overlap where we're going to talk about the first, and the last. you No, you, got, no, you guys that. were
2: asking why would the caretaker be staring at him, and I'm like, well, maybe. That's a good. That's photo, a good question,
0: right. though. That is that is a good question.
2: Pete, I've I've wondered the same thing.
1: I've wondered the same thing of like, when does he appear? Is he always in there, or when does he appear there? And I honestly don't know.
2: Yeah, maybe maybe he doesn't and he's just sort of got sucked into it at the end or something who knows yeah I mean I mean you, you don't see the the
3: close-up of the of this photo until the end right so it's not yeah. like there's there's any way to analyze that
0: and, and I think he's just he's a part of the hotel and he's and then he's always been like the Grady Grady is like there's two Gradys like there's the there's the uh, anyway we'll, we'll
1: get there okay we'll get there. We'll get Dan, there. Dan, Danny's sick and we first meet Tony and this is all back at the house. With, any comments on the tony thing
3: well aside from being really creeped out
1: it's creepy no doubt
3: it is it
0: is creepy and the music too when you're going because the music is used so well in this it's only during there's no like happy music there's there's only eerie ominous music during during evil the ominous moments of the film
1: and what I really like because because this was this was kind of before, I don't know if it was before the jump scare. I'm not sure when the jump scare came about, but like I, I like this because, you know, they don't use the music to try to get cheap scares off of you. I mean, there are some startling moments with the music, no doubt, that can make you jump. But I don't think it it's not used like it is today. Right. Um, so, OK, the Danny 16, you know, for some of the conspiracy theories, we will probably end up coming back to this one. For the
0: dopey. Um, the the dopey uh yeah, the, yeah, but that's the dopey not bear there.
1: pillow okay then the family goes and they tour the Overlook Hotel
0: but I also I do have another note on that scene though that the way that how many books there were on the on the on the coffee table next to the sofa and then the bookshelf was just it re, like the attention to detail of every uh, part of, like he's a writer obviously so he has but he has like two dozens st- of stacks of books <laughs> next to the sofa and the coffee table. And the in the in the bookshelf was like up in the kitchen. It was like stacked with books. Uh, anyway, continue. I just want to
2: throw okay, that. Okay,
1: so so we get the, the family tours the hotel, and we meet another significant character here, Halloran, who we have a major plot advance here. What do you think?
0: Yeah, Halloran's Halloran's great. They mentioned the Indio burial ground. Of course, they throw that in there, and then <laughs> like. The, uh jack's reading a playgirl that's another thing that was interesting about the uh another detail that
1: that, just... is, that is weird that i, I find <laughs> that is kind of weird
0: pete this and... is another thing that comes up um he's jack's reading a playgirl when he's when the first day when he's sitting there it's just and there's so much speculation as to what that is which we'll get to i guess
3: yeah later. yeah but yeah particularly particularly that it's a play girl like that's
1: well, this Those is had nude men,
3: said. correct? Am, am, I, am
1: I thinking of this correctly? You are correct. Yeah, and the fact that it's like in the in the lobby of a hotel and he's reading it right during an interview or before the interview. Like his first
0: day of work. Yeah.
1: We'll just say it. Like when you <laughs> zoom in on the cover, the masses of viewers have found that the second article in there is about like family incest. And this feeds into one of the major conspiracy theories that that – the movie is actually about sexual abuse and Jack Torrance was sexually abusing Danny Torrance. I, 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 I watched it this time specifically looking to either prove or disprove that. And we will.
2: Um, so, uh, Halloran's character, that was good that he was used to like explain the, the concept of shining. So, and again, not, not knowing what the story was about. I sort of spent the rest of the movie after that, trying to understand if Jack had the shining ability also, because the first times he was really affected by the hotel, um, the spirits or whatever, it it happened in his dreams at night. And that's what he told. um, He told somebody that Tony talks to him at, or he see Danny has the shining ability. And he said, he sees things he sees things happen at night and then he can't remember them in the morning. So I was trying to figure out if Jack had the shining ability, but then they make it clear about 75% of the way through the movie that no, Jack's dealing with something totally different.
0: That's a great question. In the in the book, Halloran actually tells Danny, like, oh, your mom can't shine. I was feeling them out. Your dad, I can't tell. Like he, he was, says right? he does it a little
1: bit. Like he's like, I think he does it a little bit, but he doesn't know it.
2: Yeah. And then my only other comment, um, you guys sort of just flip through the Tony part. Um, there was a point so you' you go into this movie and Tony's this creepy imaginary friend. there's a point in the movie later where Tony's clearly a protagonist and I, I so I'd be interested to know as we as we walk through this movie, is there a point where you guys it became clear that Tony was a protagonist
1: that that's a great that's a great point because I I, I for for several years I still I mean I always kind of I knew he wasn't bad. But you're also thinking, you know, Tony could have been a lot more helpful.
0: Yeah, he <laughs> shows him stuff. I mean, he, he that's pretty he was just kind of I guess I saw Sarmer's as neutral. He's a force that just shows him things, but he doesn't know he doesn't show him good things, I guess.
2: So. Yeah, whereas going into the movie with no knowledge of anything. You pu- you sp- you spend the first forty minutes thinking that Tony's like the evil spirit that he's going to be, co- he's going to like cause all the trouble. So that's what I'm saying. Like the movie sort of flips. Mm-hmm.
3: So so how, how how is Tony meant to be understood? Because it doesn't. You don't know, you don't see that with the Dick, his character, that he has uh, an an alter ego through which he expresses the shining. But Danny does. So is it because Danny at that age can't? fully understand and comprehend what's going on that he mentally shifts in order to maintain those two realities or, or what's what's going on with the tony character other other than to creep me out even more than i was just by danny alone
1: <laughs> Ed, those are great
3: questions
0: yeah i i think what you said about it being like a way a child processes this this thing because it, it is, I like how they do it. I like how the shining is a thing that just people have. It's not that Danny has a special power that nobody else has or he's being haunted by a ghost. It's just there are people that have the shine. And in the book, there's even more people that come across. Like Halloran comes across some people like, oh, he's got the shine too.
1: Mm.
0: And then yeah, that's a good point about the little kid coming up with the way that they that he brought it because he has it so strong. You're meant to believe that Danny has it stronger than than most people
1: yeah and Halloran tells him that too at least in the book he does um and, and if you yeah, have fun fact for I'm sure you've come across this about you know, the the, the, sh- the whole shining came from uh, uh, that John Lennon song you know we all shine on like the moon uh, stars I didn't know that in the moon. oh really no. oh yeah so that, that's right. it's thought that it's thought that, that it comes from there um yeah we all shine on like the moon and the stars and the song is about like people leaving pieces of themselves behind oh cool yeah so the shining and also shout out to halloran by the way whose real name is scatman crothers
3: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> we just got right, our so right, next scene one i i'd say one of my top five scenes of the movie I, I i absolutely love this scene and this is when danny is biking through the house for the first time um the sound and the camera work here were just fantastic
0: yeah, that's one of the early like an early like use of the tracking shot where they where they're following behind them on the and the whole movie does a lot of tracking shots. But yeah, that was that was great.
3: So so about about the the, the perspective from behind Danny, I think that only happens with Danny. Does that happen with any other character?
1: Interesting. I don't know.
2: I
0: don't think so. You see a lot of folk, like people the cameras follow the cameras in front of like Jack when he's when he's walking after Wendy.
3: Yeah, you, you get a lot of the, the Kubrick sort of camera focusing in and zooming out on, you know, an, an individual face or character. But the particular seeing the Overlook Hotel from a particular perspective, I, I think that's only Danny.
1: Yeah, because I know that they actually do perspective shots where you're not looking at the person, but you're you're looking through their eyes. They do that with Jack and Danny. Actually, I think just Jack and Danny. But yeah, you might be right about that um, behind the shot. And also the fact that the camera is down low at Danny's height and you're really looking up into the room, you know, makes it uh, for some reason makes it scarier. I don't know. Danny blind spot. And that
3: and that becomes important when you're seeing the the shining sequences like the, the particular camera perspective reflects the, you know, the viewer's height. Uh,
2: yes. Yeah. The scenes where he, the kids riding around on the bike, the plastic three wheel bike through the place. I, I thought that was awesome for suspense, but it it all, it's funny how you, you're doing that. You're turning corners, you're seeing farther down, like you don't know what's going to come next. And that sort of is what it felt like when they were in the maze at certain parts of the movie. So maybe he was trying to employ that a few times because when whenever somebody was running through that those scenes it did feel um distorted and like the edges it it was just um a little trippy
1: yeah they did they followed people around corners that way the 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 mother and the um you know wendy and danny yeah
2: yeah
0: and that's a good point because it is maze-like and as one of the uh the, the crazy folks in the in the documentary plotted out actually from watching the movie, like the space of the hotel. It's very contradictory the way that you move around it and where you come in one door and out another, which is not I mean, there's not the conspiracy. I don't think there's anything conspiratorial about it. It's just it's just it's just it's 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 wacky, though. And the part where. So the beginning when they're in the lobby of the hotel that's the lobby of a real hotel and when but when they're shooting everything else they're in a sound stage and he took one second he took like the stained glass window from the from the that's supposed to be where it is in the front lobby of the hotel and stuck it in the background where he should be riding like that was just like he, when they built the set, they they put in that one little window that was part of where they were previously. If that makes sense, like they didn't have to do that. It's more
3: of like Kubrick's attention to detail, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so is Room Two Thirty Seven just like two hours of conspiracy theories? It's an hour and a half of part um, conspiracy theories, but part of people just
0: watching just pointing out also visually interesting things about the film like that it's not all conspiracy theory and it goes into and, the, and yet, like the sorry. subtext of the native american subtext Well, i don't think is a conspiracy theory i think that that is real that's a part of it
3: that's a part of the film and that's also a part of the book too and and then the other question i had is 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 the shining like like particularly well known for having a host of conspiracy theories around it, it like it it seems they
1: like made it. a whole movie about
3: it so they yeah. made a
0: they made a movie these I think this was like people have online blogs and stuff and they must have just contacted these people and put them in the movie and this is when the you know this was in 2012 I guess the the internet was there but it wasn't as
3: you know uh, as there as it is today the overlords hadn't taken over yet right we, we still had our freedom at, that time <laughs>
1: Okay, so, so so the only <laughs> thing I'll say about this scene is is, is um I, I the sound. The, 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 Danny going from rug to floor to rug to floor to rug to floor. I absolutely love the sound of that. And then the fact that nothing happens on that first bike ride either. You know, they don't go right to something scary. He just rides and rides and rides, and it's actually quite uneventful. But the whole time – You have a feeling that this – because nothing happened and it was such a great scene, you're like, oh, oh, he's definitely coming back to this. Oh. And so it just kind of – it gets you a little – it got me at least a little on edge. Okay. Next scene. Awesome. Now, this is where we're introduced to to the maze. So the family – oh, no, sorry. Wendy and Danny are now in the maze um, and they're running along. They're playing and there's incredibly eerie music. And then the scene, which is a very short scene, it finishes – um. Oh, no, no, that's not there. It's just them playing and it's really eerie music and it foreshadows that something is probably going to happen in this maze.
2: No, but and it's the scene where I thought Jack was doing the shining because it finishes with him looking down at the m- model of the maze and seeing them in it almost. And it seemed oh, like he was right. it seemed like he was having a vision there. So that's why I thought he had the shining ability. No, you're right. This is the one where he was hovering over the model. You're right. Uh, you and you're just it, looking
1: it was all very,
0: he was just looking all scary and 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 creepy and just
3: staring yeah so
0: that was yeah the, uh,
1: shadowing there the ref the
3: reference to the uh well the uh analysis reference to the minotaur myth um is quite interesting
0: Jack,
1: we'll get to
3: that Jack, no, okay,
0: okay okay sorry we'll get to the minotaur myth but you can tease it tease it marco you could tease it. it you could tease, tease it, it. He, he looked like a bull right he, he stared
3: yeah him, right? yeah i mean yeah i mean I mean. he 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 looks like he's, he's playing the, the job of the Minotaur and, and tracking down his prey.
1: But, All right. by, yeah.
0: but but you mentioned the music earlier. And I think, yeah, just to emphasize again how well the music is done, how it's set. And like uh, to go back to where uh, Scatman Crothers was talking to Danny in the kitchen, it was they were talking about shiny, It was so quiet. I had on my my noise canceling headphones while I was watching. You could hear like clatter in the light, light clatter in the background from like kitchen noises or something. It was very weird. And there was no, like when they were talking about the shiny, there's no like ominous music. It was just dead silent, which has kind of made it creepier. Like the in like just driving around the the hotel like that on the bike, you only hear like the sound of the wheels on the ground. But then when something happens, like ding! Like it
1: just sets you up for later when he turns yes. that corner and sees those girls. Well, we're there. Well, we're not there yet because right now we're on the second bike scene. So now Danny he's biking around and something does happen. He passes room two thirty seven and he stops and he then he goes and tries to open it and it's locked and he gets back on his bike
3: and and, and you know that child is going to ignore the advice that the adult gave him. And he's gonna go
1: into the damn room. Hey, he might not. We're not there yet. He might not. He. I think. Who knows? Maybe that's the last we ever heard. We all know what the child
3: will do. Let's (laughs) stop lying to ourselves.
2: Unless his dad, unless his dad injured his neck. Okay, where were we now? Mm -hmm. Where were we? We were about to say, if you
0: don't like children, contact us at at (laughs) gmail.com. Contact Marco through that email
1: okay now in my opinion this next scene is is the first time that that real true outward crazy starts to come through so it's it's jack is typing it as his typewriter and wendy's coming up just trying to be super nice to him Uh, and he snaps at her this is i have this down as my favorite scene but i have
0: four other scenes as as my favorite scene this this is this was this is this is an awesome scene. It also he has had
1: a b- snap. Like he goes he like he breaks.
0: <laughs> Break my concentration. <laughs> <laughs>
3: this this was actually the the scene that that initially put me off on first viewing because it just it just goes 0 to 100. Or you know, that was my initial perspective several years ago whenever I I, I watched it. And that was that's initially what put me off.
1: So, you know, I'll comment on this. Soon. I'm going to have to talk about the book a little bit here. But um, to, to Kubrick's defense, actually, quite a bit of time has passed. In the novel, they have time to, like, slowly develop Jack. But, but in the movie, actually, a bit of time has already passed. They're already settling in. And I got to say, uh, and I, I've got notes on this later, but... I I I knew what the criticisms of the movie were. So when I read the book, which has been the past couple of weeks, I've been reading the book. I've been taking. I, I I read it with the intent of seeing. Okay, when does Jack really start to show cracks? Right, and, and in the book, he shows cracks quite early. Like from the beginning of the book, his past of being an alcoholic. Is 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 just like trickling out of him in multiple different parts, and he really does start to break and have weird thoughts early. He's hallucinating before the winter even comes, right? The hedge animals are attacking him in the book, uh, and this is the winter isn't even here yet. So I, I, I well, I mean criticism.
0: that get, get I mean, were the hedge animals hallucinations or the actual? Either way, they were haunted. He, for the for those who haven't read the book, there were there was there was no well there was no maze at all. There was but there were hedge animals that would come to life uh, for for certain folks. But yeah, he was he was on edge a lot in the book, even at the beginning. Because even now in the movie, he's only five months sober. That's not a long time. Like he's, no.
1: he's only, it's only been five months. I I felt like the character in the book was gonna like was was cracking at every I'm like I didn't I never felt that Jack was stable book redeemed I I think yes stable no I I think it it is important to point out that
3: that the supernatural is a reality I think in both the book and the film well that's what it is
0: he's 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 on edge and he's got a temper but he never has I mean what what the what the hotel gets into him are the thoughts of killing his family I mean he never he never has that level of craziness early on, even though he has like a temper that comes and goes. Uh Pete, but Pete has his hand raised. Uh, Pete, what do you got?
2: Okay. Um, two comments. So Marco's criticism there about uh thinking it was unrealistic how fast he might have snapped. I'm wondering. Initial. If, Initial. I'm, I'm wondering if that's why they kept putting in these segues saying what what week it was, what day it was, what month it was. Because I thought throughout the whole movie, I'm like, I'm not paying attention to these these uh, updates about time. I'm just not, but I'm wondering if he did it to try to show that, well, yeah, you know they are on their third or fourth week they are and and time has passed. So, so that's one comment there. And then I have a second comment about this scene. I actually thought it was super funny and maybe, so maybe it's just um, unintentional, but I thought it was super funny that he yells at her. To don't come in my room while I'm working. In his room is this massive lobby Matt. with a grand staircase. I'm just like, <laughs> he, it's like, go hang out in the shed. This is my hotel.
0: You stay, you stay in the little tiny quarters, the the, the slave quarters that are, that were meant for us.
1: Yeah, I mean that's
2: great,
0: a dick great, move.
1: Great, that is a dick great, move. Great, great the best room also, in the house to be your workroom.
3: Yeah. Also, also. Um... The talking about the, the use of, of, of time and showing the, the how how the days and weeks are, are passing. The way that's utilized in the Simpsons spoof is hysterically funny. <laughs> so
1: gives, you have much give us a, a, a peek, what, what happens?
3: Uh it's at, at the beginning did, did did anybody else watch it or does anybody else remember it? I watched oh, I yeah. Yeah. So, so the Simpsons Halloween special and you see them. The, the opening sequence is like an exact copy of the opening sequence to the movie. And you see Monday and they're like, oh, Marge goes, oh, did you remember to lock the front door? No. And they go back like Tuesday. And it, like every time, like the days show up on the screen, you have this ominous feeling, like Tuesday. It's like, did you remember to lock the back door? Don't don't. Boom. Wednesday. It's like, oh, we forgot grandpa. Well, what about Grandpa? And they just leave the grandfather behind until he makes an appearance later on the in the uh, in the episode. It's great. Oh,
1: that was a, that was a, that was a great one. So actually, great transition, Marco, because the very next scene, black screen, Doom Thursday. And I think that this is probably another one of my I'd say top five, maybe number four of my scenes. Um, it's and it's such a simple and such a quick shot, and it's just Jack. No, not Jack. Uh, Wendy and Danny, they're just simply playing outside. They're running in the grass, playing, having a grand old time. And Jack is just staring at them through the window with, with a, a face that only Jack Nicholson can put on. He's just blankly staring. There is nobody home right now. And he's just like, and, and he's just staring at his family. And that's it. And then right after that, boom, Saturday. And it was probably, I don't know, I would say maybe a 30 second scene. And it was such an effective use of 30 seconds to be like, oh, shit, it made me feel and, like I was sitting on a time bomb.
3: And this this is the this is the look where he's kind of like eyes angled down mouth just hanging open. Like, yeah, that's that's a good way of putting it like no one's home. That's he's gone.
1: We don't know who's behind the wheel right now. And actually, Kubrick was at, Kubrick loved that he he worked with Jack on that angle. He's like, he he for he, when he wants people to look crazy, he did it in um Full Metal Jacket. Full Metal, with his, jack. in full metal Jacket. Again, Full Head down, eyes up. Oh, okay, next scene. Um, let's see. Uh, Wendy at the phone station. Not a very eventful scene, but it Wait, just shows. About-
0: but it, that that did have some uh, some oh. Indian stuff in it, some Native American <laughs> references. The eagle in the window, and then her her outfit her outfit was very Native American.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But okay, um, did we did we go did we talk about the TV that isn't plugged in and they're just watching TV? That happened earlier, right?
1: Yeah, that, I thought. Yeah, that that's a scene. Yeah, that's no. I think that that might be no. I think. I don't know when that was but i thought that was like more of a no dump thing because if nothing really happens in that scene that, I, I leads, thought, that, that leads into another scene
0: because i'm all anytime they show like w- people are watching a movie or tv on them in a movie yeah. there's always some kind of significance there yeah. and then of course i looked it up and it was a summer of 42 but that leads to that leads to the to the a 42 a theory right. no, no, no. that we're not going to get into but <laughs> i, I looked, the theory section I looked at it more as as they were just watching something that was a mundane American life movie yes. that they were not in. They were trying to have that, but they were in a weird kind of representation of it. That is way
1: more likely.
0: Yeah. And all and all of the appliance, like, there were no wires, nothing you couldn't see. It was more of like an aesthetic reason, I think, or more to to set, to put you off. Because my, not to get into my grand theories yet, but I feel like a lot of this movie was Kubrick trolling people for a lot of good reasons. For a lot of different reasons, I should say.
1: (laughs) Maybe. But. okay. The next scene, arguably one of the most infamous scenes in horror film history. We are now watching Danny ride on his bike for the third time, okay? It's been pretty uneventful so far and he's riding the angle of the camera's low. the sound is there. It's a plastic wheels running over a carpet. All right. Danny turns the corner and right there are the Grady twins. and and, and, and I, one thing I noticed this time, which I really loved was that when they showed the close-ups of Danny, he was out of breath. You could see that he was out of breath because he's been biking and that and for some reason, watching him be out of breath kind of made me out of breath and it enhanced my scare. The scene, and this use when I would say twenty years ago, maybe ten years ago, this was I could not even watch this scene. All right, go. No, it's got a great. It's one of the
0: few, like you said, a few like horror moments that are like there. There are a few like at the end. You got at the end with the ghosts when they start seeing stuff. But you know, so much of the movie is just done with eeriness and tension and just bizarre things. But yeah, I thought uh, that that's a it's a great it's classic it's a it's a great scene.
1: Now, Pete, this was kind of new to you, Pete. What what, what was your kind of reaction to this scene?
2: Uh, I've seen the movie.
1: Well, you can still tell me the reaction, anyways.
2: Um, I guess I'm just trying to piece together the Grady twins' story and all this. So, I, I that's all. Maybe, maybe having read the book, you guys probably he understand the history a little more
0: well there's not much he chopped him he chopped him up there's a lot there's actually a lot of stuff that happened in the hotel that's mentioned in the book a lot of like there was mob mob bosses that were killed in the rooms It was explains
1: the lady in 237. I mean, actually, they filmed filmed part of this history, like the scrapbook. So the scrapbook in the book, Jack had found the scrapbook of the hotel. And he was, this is how he learned about the history of the hotel. But like the hotel planted it so he could find it to kind of get him in the right mindset um, that he had to do the next act of horror. But actually, Stanley Kubrick had the scrapbook made. And it was it it wasn't in the movie. They cut the scene, but it was in the movie. Yeah. No. Yeah. The the scrapbook was it's not the mentioned. Scene that they but films. No. The, no. The
0: the, the physical scrapbook is on the desk. Yes.
1: That's yeah, what yeah. I, I was right about to say. That, yes. It's on the desk next to his typewriter, and they caught it in a scene. The scene that, where now to get the background of some of those characters.
0: And there's also that's the scene where the chair appears and disappears in the behind him.
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. But yeah. There's like just There there's a lot of killing that went on in that in that hospital over the years go can we just, go, um, can we just uh, also
1: give give a nod to Pete's down. unintentional pun? And just when he's trying to piece together the Grady twins story. Piece together. Oh
3: nice one. Nice one. Good right. hard pun. Murder pun. Murder puns. Classic, classic. Uh, that's that's cool. gonna that's gonna be my uh, my next hardcore band,
1: murder puns. <laughs> that's a good name. Okay, next scene. All right. Danny and Jack, so this is this is where the un- unplugged TV comes and Danny's like, "Hey, can I go up and get something?" and she's like, "All right, just be quiet because your dad is sleeping." He tiptoes into the room and Jack is sitting on the bed staring blankly into nothing. He's not sleeping and then he calls Danny to come over. He is like possessed and he even quotes in while talking to Danny. Now, remember, the Grady twins was the previous scene, and they're like, come play with us forever and ever and ever. And right after that, Jack is sitting on the bed. And I forgot what question Danny asked him, but Jack's response was, oh, I wish I could stay here forever and ever. I don't know if he picked up on that one. Hmm. No. So in my, in my opinion, this was, this was a little nod to say, like, Jack is starting to become a part of the hotel. Right. Whatever supernatural forces are going on, it's starting to really plug itself into Jack.
0: Yeah, he's like, I can't I can't sleep. I got too much to do. Like, what does he do?
3: Yeah. And and there's the 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 earlier foreshadowing when he's doing the he's having breakfast in bed with the bacon and eggs. And then it's like I, I don't know what is it is. You know, every time I turn the corner, I feel like I've it's something like uh, along those lines. I, I I feel like I I already know the place, which is all also the only scene in the film where I can kind of like empathize with with that character as being like a nice person. I, all the other scenes, he's he's just a little bit off. Except for that scene, he seems semi normal. Yeah, but. Yeah, when he like he, he, when he opens his,
0: he like looks at his tongue in the mirror, and he's he, he's like eating the eating his bacon, dipping the uh, dipping it in his eggs. In the eggs. He
1: even does that weird, yeah. I mean, even when they the, like he the, they're they're giving him the tour of the hotel, and like they're showing him the bedroom. They're like, oh, he like walks over to the bed and like pounces on it. And he's like, ah, oh, great bed. And it's like, <laughs> oh, dude, that's so weird. Nobody does yeah. that. I got I, the, I, I got the sense that they
0: definitely did not like that apartment. Did did you guys get that sense that they did not?
1: Um, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. You one further. I I feel like I feel like by the end they didn't even like the hotel. Um, well, it's arguable. <laughs> I mean, Jack's willing to kill what's, the hotel. I mean, what's what's not to love? Yeah, has, everything had free drinks. Free, drink, free drinks.
0: <laughs> free imaginary drinks. Yeah, free ghost drinks that get get you drunk. And
1: oh, where are the drinks ima- Okay, we'll get there. All right, now next scenes. All at once, so a lot, ha- now this is where like the ball has rolled over the precipice of the hill and, and we're about to start going full speed downhill. So all at once, we've got Danny is sitting on the rug and a tennis ball rolls into his view, go.
0: That's a great, great pattern. That's the pattern that, of the rug that you're going to put in, right?
1: <laughs> that's the I'm looking, that's what I'm going.
0: Shaped like the uh the Apollo launch pad while he's wearing his Apollo, uh his Apollo sweater. Yeah.
1: And the rug like turns around different different two different directions to try yeah. to get his, that he's trapped, which I thought was Yeah, I
3: I, I saw the analysis on this. So you, you never see who rolls the tennis ball, right?
1: No. No, it's yeah, weird because
3: you have, this the change the in the presentation is... of the rug.
1: Yeah, but I mean, that that fire Jack yeah. was throwing the tennis ball. That's why it's kind of confusing. Hmm.
3: I I mean I, I I that seems like it was it was intentional on the part of Kubrick. I don't I don't think there's any question about that. Um, but yeah, the orientation of the rug, and insofar as it appears that the the where there was a pathway in the pattern. Now that pathway is blocked where the tennis ball is. So that that does seem to be actually symbolism.
0: I'm yeah, that,
1: there is no accident. There's no way that Kubrick missed that, right?
0: Well, I think that's the that's what makes all of the theories and all the details in this interesting is that he's never, like, he pays such, pay such attention to every single detail. So, like, I think with the Apollo, the Apollo thing is him wearing that shirt was him, because that was popular at the time. Kubrick, Pete, I don't know if you know this, but there's a whole theory out there that Kubrick shot, faked the moon landing and Kubrick shot it. But these theories were were really prevalent in the late 70s. So there's no way it's it's coincidence uh, that he has an Apollo, uh, Yoda, but I don't think he faked it. I think I think he was trolling. That's uh, so that's, he was
3: trolling oh, trolling the viewers.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, really? Riguch, you don't you don't think he faked it? I'm glad we cleared the fucking air there. That's great. You don't we're on, love... on the moon landing side. Like we actually did land. That's
2: great. yeah. Did you guys know last month India finally got A director that was able to fake it for their country (laughs) (laughs) just happened finally, anyways.
1: It must have been the same guy who did who did the movie master. Must have been that guy was fantastic.
2: But the the theorists
0: don't say that we didn't land on the moon, the theory is that we did, we just didn't get it on tape. (laughs) (laughs) I believe not to speak for the theorists out there, not that I'm one of them or anything.
1: So at the same so at the same time this is when Jack has his nightmare all right he has, his, he has his nightmare Wendy is is compassionate she's on the ground with him and you're like oh my god oh this is great this is when they're going to reconnect Wendy finally lets her guard down she's like Jack what is it how can I help you cuz he's been pretty cold to them lately and this is when he tells them about his nightmare why, why does he, you don't
0: say that out loud that you had that,
1: <laughs> you keep it to yourself. <laughs> no, he doubled down. He said, no, first he let it, so he's like, oh, I had a dream. It was horrible. And he was legitimately terrified. He's like, I dreamed that I murdered you all. You and Danny. She and didn't you even think, okay, ask. You stop there.
3: <laughs> That's oh. enough. So it's enough.
2: And you she got she didn't even ask. It wasn't like she goes, "Well, what was it about?" No,
0: she didn't even ask. No,
2: but this is, and this is after the point in the movie where Danny asked his dad, like, so didn't wasn't there a point earlier where Danny said, "Like, are you gonna kill me and mommy? Or would or you hurt us? Would you hurt yeah, us?" Yeah. So that was what a little earlier in the movie, like when they first got there. Or right. Something? That, that was when would
0: that was right before Brian was talking about when he when they were sitting on the bed and he was Magic. all his first his first. Where he kind of cracks.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, well, this
3: this also it just throughout the entire movie, it it doesn't seem like this particular Jack Torrance likes his family at all. You, you know, you, there's there's very minimal um, sort of simpatico for for either the wife or or Danny uh, throughout. I'll, the, I'll I don't know. I
1: I can't I can't remember how it is in the book, but in the <laughs> film, yeah. You know, he loves them in the book. He absolutely. That is. I'll. 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 I'll give. I'll give you that. That he. He loves them in the book and in the movie. It's really hard to see that. Yeah, you don't really get that sense. So right. yeah, that's definitely. Okay, so Jack tells Wendy that he he dreams that he chopped them into pieces. Uh, that gave me chills when I first saw that. It just you because you're just thinking again. You don't say that, and the fact that he said that, and you, when you. If you, I, I, the second time, the well, when I watched it this time, I watched Wendy this time instead of Jack, and watching her expression change from sy- sympathetic to just complete like shock and terror was, was, was phenomenal. And then Danny strolls into the room, and we have hand marks on his neck.
2: Wait, wait, did you skip? A- Did you skip over the bar scene or did we just not get there yet?
1: No, bar scenes next.
2: Okay. Okay. Just sorry. I don't have all the notes you do. Okay.
1: Yeah, no, no. Yeah. So, so, so when he accuses Jack, obviously Jack has a history of, of hurting him. Now we don't know this in the movie, but in the book, we know this, that, you know, Danny was playing with his writing papers a little years back and threw them all over the room. Jack came home drunk and grabbed Danny by the shoulder, pulled him and dislocated it. Now you know right. that in the book at this point, but you're about to find it out in the movie.
0: Wait, you know it, you know it at the beginning because Wendy tells the doctor.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. you're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did she tell ta- she tells him like exactly what happened
2: to or pretty much. Well yeah, you're right, you're right.
3: Dislocated the shoulder and yeah, you get you get a <laughs> she, she, Basic understanding of what happened. Yeah,
2: she just says, she says, oh, you know, it's just, you know, something we do every day. And <laughs> this time it was different.
1: Yeah.
0: That's my. Every Why is she smoking a cigarette?
1: Like, you know. Okay. All right. Oh. So she takes Danny, runs away, and then Jack is just bullshit. He's walking down the hallway. There's a bunch of theories about every time he walks by a mirror, he makes some kind of gesture. Okay. Remember what MRAC stands for, everybody. Mirrors reveal all cracks. Um and so Jack's in the bar now, and all of a sudden this is when we I think you know this is when we really have a solid interaction of a human in the movie who's not Danny with a ghost. So Lloyd shows up, he's the bartender. Oh, that's who you were saying I was Lloyd. Lloyd the bartender. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> Danny's the actor Danny is Danny Lloyd. Oh, okay. So yeah. I thought you would say calling me Lloyd in the sign up sheet. All right, that makes sense. Whoever uh, okay. it
0: was, it wasn't. I mean, not that it was me. I'm just saying it was, was believably. Okay,
1: be so then Jack recounts his abuse of Danny. He, he, well, he recounts his he's starting to admit outwardly his hatred for Wendy because he she just won't let it go. She's never gonna let it go.
0: This is this is uh, another one of my favorite scenes. It's also uh I think to note that he say, he sees Lloyd right after he says, What does he say? I'll sell my soul for just a glass of beer. And then that's when the ghost show. I mean, because it's it's pretty it's more clear in the book, obviously, but the house is just the hotel is just getting stronger the longer, the more they're there, it's just getting more power. It's feeding off of them. And I think that's what happens. And it's interesting, the movie doesn't show Danny going into the room and getting strangled like he did. in the it showed it in the book. In the book, it described Danny going into room 237 again. But what the yeah. movie does is it this whole time you're doubting whether any of this is real. That's what that's what's great about it is you don't know. Maybe Jack did that to Danny. And so it leaves it more open. But that bard, that scene is great. Him having that drink with Lloyd, white man's burden. Another yep. another uh, Native American reference. Yeah, and
2: Maybe there's and another. there's like there's nothing in the movie that suggests he could be poisoned unintentionally, like a lead poisoning type thing, right? Because I, I just didn't know if that was a thought I had when I watched it a decade ago. Yeah, true. I, I, and I'm I'm th- I'm way out there in left field right now. I'm just saying that there were times in history where there were shipwrecks like up in Canada where everybody went nuts because they were. Eating food out of lead cans. Um, but th- this movie is a different type of insanity, right? It doesn't have to do with any, any like unintentional poisoning, right?
1: Yeah, my, my, now, now let me tell you, there are if you think you're in left field, I'm going to tell you, there are people who are playing way deeper left than you are. Okay,
2: okay, no, just checking in, didn't know if there was. No, that was
1: good, actually. That's that's not that's <laughs> You yeah, know,
2: know. interesting. The lead poisoning theory
0: has not been. I mean, it might be. I haven't. Pete, heard this of is that. all yours. Yeah, this is the new. Oh my god, Pete! You got you can around with conspiracy this conspiracy theory all to yourself.
1: Oh my god! You go. Oh my! You can go back and analyze. Like, okay, what paint distributors worked in Colorado around that time? Right. Okay, clearly, then you look at the colors match it with the color palette of what they sold. Go back, find the ingredient list. That's 20 minutes of video right there.
3: There you go. Okay. So, so uh, small small detail about about the bar scene. I'm talking about how Kubrick never makes mistakes on details. He, Jack, orders a bourbon. Bartender pulls down Jack Daniels, which is not bourbon, it's a Tennessee, Tennessee sour mash. Tennessee whiskey. It's Tennessee whiskey. What does that mean? Discuss.
1: Yeah, what does room 237 documentary say about that one, Laguoch? The
3: the
0: they don't mention that. That's a new one, too. We're we're super oh, covering all new conspiracy
1: <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> well, I actually took a protractor to the screen and measured the angle at which the bottle was poured, and that came out to 37. And Jack ordered the drink twice 237 <laughs> clearly jack abused danny
0: um we all know that fry that's crazy talk we all know that 237 represents the the fact that the moon is 230 237000 miles away Which when it's right. not
1: right it's 238000 but you know what uh, but in, the, 1980, uh, in 1980 in uh, 1980
0: we didn't have all of the all of the fancy uh distance recording technology of course
1: yeah. yeah okay so this is when Hall this is when danny calls for help halloran hears his call for help halloran starts to come and now we go to jack wendy comes down <laughs> jack treats her like shit again <laughs> and he asks. she asks him to go up to room 237 and take a look in the room and he does
0: and and just to just to backtrack slightly, I love that part when he took his first drink because he's like, oh man, I'm having a drink. And just in the book, the way that he describes going off of the wagon, what that the, the reality of what that is, like the wagon, you think it's all gold plate. But it, but like just Jack Nicholson, the way he takes that sip and then his face just darkens it's not like ah oh, i'm having a drink like he takes a sip of that drink and he's like like darkness goes over his face i thought it was amazing
1: yeah, it traces his body down and you like you can feel it go down into his stomach and he just yeah he, he's phenomenal
0: oh yeah exactly. and and this is this is probably the hundred t- the that wasn't
1: 78 of the hundred takes they did that of that scene Jack went through, he he must've went through at least 237 bottles. <laughs> it was all
0: real actual sips of whiskey. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, so, so, okay. So Jack's up and he goes into the room and it's got that, it's got the perspective, the high perspective now. All right. Not the low perspective, the high perspective of a taller human, right? He walks in, he sees this beautiful woman in the bathtub starts to make out with her, and when he looks into wait for it the mirror he realizes that it is not real, and he is kissing some grotesque older woman who in the book um was uh she was an older um was she wasn't she wasn't a i don't know what she she was an old rich lady who ended up committing suicide in the tub
0: yeah she had some like young some young lover with her or something and he also died right
2: yeah uh no i thought he i thought he just left Oh. So you're saying that you're saying that room 237 had nothing to do with like the whole Grady family murder thing? No, correct. Oh okay. see I don't know these things without uh, yeah. without the book okay. and it was yeah. true. Well, it was
1: just another it was just another horrific story. And, and so there there's just horrific story after horrific story going back decades.
3: But generally good life advice. if you ever find yourself making out with like a young super hot ghost, don't look in the mirror. don't ask any questions enjoy the moment, close your eyes and walk away. Just walk away.
2: <laughs> so, this happened, he, hap- start, he, w- he oh, went in oh. there, he went in there because Danny had the the like mark, somebody grabbed him around the neck. Hmm. So, are we led to believe that was the old woman ghost that attacked Danny? Yes. Or are we led to believe that Jack did that, or in the child abuse oh. th- conspiracy. Well,
0: I think it leaves it it leaves it open intentionally. But what really happened, like that happened in the book, it was the old lady. But I, I think I I think the movie is supposed to you you don't know because they didn't show you. Yeah,
3: yeah the um, the child abuse conspiracy theories were were really disturbing me, actually.
1: Okay. Don't worry, because I I have very strong counter arguments for them when we get there. We'll,
2: we'll go with the book. We'll go with the book.
1: I, I don't I mean it, it is somewhat left open but I also I also you know I I always say this to my students I say if it looks like a duck and it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck it's probably a fucking duck and so <laughs> when you have the two theories of like was it the old woman or was it was it Jack I mean Danny first of all says it's the old woman he's like this it's the old woman in this room it wasn't Dad right and yeah some of the conspiracy theories say, "Oh, he could be covering up for past trauma." I don't think so. I absolutely don't think so because there are scenes that happen in between there where Danny is completely fine. So we'll we'll, we'll go into that so, later. But but I sure. I think I think it was almost unequivocally the woman, the old woman. So, so quick 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 question
3: that actually just came up in my head. So so what? Why the significance in particular of room two thirty seven? Because if it's just the old woman committed suicide in that room. Like, what makes that room more significant than, say, where the axe murder took place? Like, why? Why to? That seems like the least violent of the things that happened in in that hotel.
1: Uh, my guess is that she was. It was just about the spirit. It wasn't re- re- about what happened or how it happened. It was just about the spirit. Like, she was shining pretty strong and she was lingering and and my guess was she was the most interactive of the spirits that that's 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 all i that's my best guess
0: that sounds good i mean yeah that's like you said
1: some places shine more than others yeah It, it was from 217 in the book it was yeah 217 well, I don't I didn't get why they changed it. Something like, oh, like uh, the hotel asked them to change it because they didn't want people to be afraid of no like, 2 seven. So, we've like,
0: covered this. It's oh, no. two hundred and thirty-seven thousand miles, 000 miles. to the moon. So, Kubrick filmed the fake moon landing.
3: Boom. So, let me this. You you I you, I presume the actual hotel did not have room 237.
0: That's the theory. That's the theory. Although the guy in 237 called the hotel, but I think he called the wrong hotel. I think he, he called the, there are two hotels. There's the Stanley hotel. And then there was the hotel where the, where the movie was filmed at. I'm uh, sorry. There was the original inspiration of the, of the, the, there was a, there was a hotel that was the inspir. That Pete, Pete in the chat. Uh, sorry. I, I got distracted. Two plus two plus three equals seven. Also, that's got to be,
2: isn't that one of the theories? Just, I don't know, just bypass me. <laughs>
0: just that is no, you, you you did that as a joke, but I think that's in that is one of the theories that equals the number seven has significance. Uh, yeah, that's let, your video. Let's let's let's, let's move, Pat. Let's let's okay. continue, please.
1: Okay, okay, here we go. Um, okay, now to another iconic scene. Here we go. Um, Jack goes back down to the ballroom. what what could possibly go wrong? Now there's active spirits there. He walks right in the middle of this gala where there's a hundred ghosts, um, all as real people, gets another drink, bumps into this this waiter named Grady. Grady spills stuff on him, takes him into this this vividly red bathroom and they go on to have a very interesting conversation.
0: This is, might be, this is the last time I wrote down my favorite scene. And I think this is actually my favorite scene. One of the main reasons, I mean, it's, they're all my favorite scenes are the ones with, with Jack being Jack, but he's him acting drunk in the bathroom is great. Like he's like looking in the mirror. He's, he's checking his teeth. And when he's like, just and then Grady's reactions to his questions, like you're, you're Grady, right? It's like, uh, i don't recall that at all sir and then he and then he switches gears and starts talking about him jack and his wife and his son and it's it's such a great scene not to mention the color of the bathroom like just overall the whole scene is great great visually
3: yeah and visually it also i mean i mean it reminded me of Clockwork orange just in everything's very angular and it's very stark contrast and colors um but also uh, the fact that that Grady like cuz you you think you you you'd think that if Grady would appear he would appear as the caretaker right you'd sort of that's the kind of spirit you would be interacting with but you're not interacting with that spirit you're interacting with Grady as hotels like staff from a hundred years ago or, or 50, 60 years ago, um you later find out from from the photo. So it's it's also Grady not as um the historical Grady uh in the backstory. It's Grady as part of the Overlook Hotel.
0: Now is that how do what is the explanation for that? Because I took it as He's because he has a different first name. There's another Grady, Charles Grady, right? Is the one that killed his family. And this is, yeah. has a different name. So is that just once you become a part of the hotel, you're just a Grady? Like, is Jack going to become Jack Grady or, you know?
3: Well, is uh, that's that's a question of like, does a, a soul get possessed into the history of the hotel or were they actual people from the history of the hotel? who's like souls are being um no you know, re- reincarnated as, as like these other these other people who are then reconnecting with their past.
1: So in a very very rare interview with Kubrick he Kubrick mentions he talks about the shining and and he talks about that concept and he actually mentions the word reincarnation and he says he says you know I sometimes I think of it as that you know souls are just reincarnated Uh, And come back to the hotel. So I'm like, oh, I don't, I can't, I I can't make sense of the name changing, but that's from the horse's mouth itself, right there. So right, well, solves that mystery. Uh,
3: Also, also, it just just to kind of dive into this a bit more. So, so in the photo, he's it's like 1921. He looks to be about the same age, and then if if you think of the timing, you could actually you could kind of see. A reason for uh, basically his his character in the overlook hotel maybe also goes through some kind of violent demise and then that allows for enough time for him to be reborn and reach that age before coming back to the hotel so
1: either way i know bad things are coming no <laughs>
3: but
0: no crazy. no this
1: is this- could this never. all ends well. They're okay. a happy family. So here we go. Now we've got we've got Danny and Wendy in the hotel room. Wendy's trying to reach him. Danny has retreated within himself. He is no longer Danny. He is only expressing Tony. And one of my one of the lines that just I mean puts chills right down the spine is uh is she's like Danny, Danny, talk to me, and he goes, Danny's not here, Mrs. Torrance. And that just got me like that one, especially the first time I ever saw it. That one almost broke me. There's a couple reasons why, right? Number one, Marco, you mentioned this a little bit earlier. You were alluding to this a little bit earlier. And one thing that I've always said about this movie is that makes it different from other horror movies. Other horror movies have a protagonist that you can find whenever you get scared or something is fucked up, you can take refuge in the protagonist. You can relate to them in this movie. You have two protagonists. One of them is Shelley Duval, who is not very relatable at all because she to her defense, you know, she is a crazy person running around. But she is terrified the entire movie. She looks terrified, and she is on edge. and she's just not a very relatable person. <laughs> and the second protagonist, is a child who has Tony living inside his mouth and keeps writing red rum and going crazy. Like there is no refuge in this movie and they're stuck in this hotel with Jack Nicholson. That's why this movie is terrifying to me. And so when that happens, you're just like, Oh, there's, there is no refuge anywhere. We're done.
2: Well, and that's what I was, I was saying, Tony becomes clearly a protagonist, but you don't even know it in that scene, because even in that scene, you're still scared of, Oh, oh, Tony's about to go nuts here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You, you find out like you find out 10 minutes later or something. I don't know.
0: Brian, yeah, did, did you read Ebert this week?
2: Oh, I actually
1: didn't. No, I did. I first time, this is the first time I actually didn't read Ebert. You might, you might
0: appreciate it. It he, his whole angle about it has how none of the characters are reliable, um, observers of what happened, just because. And I think that's part of it is yeah, how you can't, you, you know with with wendy which pretty much was kubrick intentionally made her like that like her hair was actually falling out
2: um, i watched the i watched um a, a minute or two of that that documentary you guys sent a clip of the documentary of the making of this and it was yeah. like 40 minutes long but i watched a, a clip at the end where kubrick was like scolding um shelly Duvall. Yeah, oh, he, oh, and- he was scolding her so much that he's like, "Let let's let's stop. Let's go in the other room and talk about this, this right now about how you're going to do this." <laughs> I was like, "Okay." He's like, "He's like, it's just fake. It's just going to be. It's going to look fake if you keep doing that."
3: <laughs> so she was actually so stressed out as an actress that her hair was falling out. Yeah, she was like physically ill.
0: <laughs> Kubrick did Oof. it intentionally; like he wasn't happy with her performance and. She her whole character was hysterical the whole time. So they were doing take after take after take of her crying. And, on you know, he to get his desired result. You saw him talking with Jack Nicholson. It would just be like, hey, you you know, you that that end of that line. When you said it like this, you kind of you shouldn't emphasize as, as much because then it would seem forced. But with Shelley Duvall, he just berated her. He it just or he would just cut her lines because he didn't think that she could do the lines. So that's why that's why a lot of her character is just she's just kind of weak and hysterical, which also King didn't like, because in the book, she was a stronger character.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, and she said interviews with her, she she did eventually like be like, you know what? He's a brilliant director. He put me on edge and it helped my character and it helped me out. I hated it at the time. I, I resented him at the time. But looking back, it's like, now I'm not saying that was right what he did. That's kind of a shitty thing to do to somebody. Um, but she, she said something that gave me a lot of respect for her, right? And she said, she goes, you got to realize we shot this movie for months. And so every single day I was either crying, running, or carrying a child for months every day the whole day and i'm like now that i go back and watch it i'm like if you think about how much duress she was and i get i get a, I used to think that she was i was like oh she's delivered those lines poorly or, or whatever i go back re- re-watching this she was awesome she yeah, was absolutely she was awesome absolutely awesome but h- how stressful that must have been for her to do all that
0: yeah no, I thought she was great too. She was at the time. She was giving like the the Razzie. They nominated her for a Razzie. They also Seriously? like the signing was nominated for a Razzie. Like it wasn't I, cr- critically, it wasn't well received when it came out.
1: I just can't. I can't even. Okay, here we go. We're gonna move <laughs> on it's to a side. We, we, we are moving on to officially my favorite scene in the entire movie, and this is the big one. This is the the typewriter scene. All work and no play make Jack a dull boy. Um, it, it, I I I I this this scene is so gripping. I, I've already written it down. I'm putting this up for best scene. I don't even give a shit that this is January and that we still have eleven months left. Um, it's it's being nominated. No, no. Kubrick has already filled
3: out at least half of the end of the year awards. or or at least it is in the short list for the running
1: so so do you want me to describe that i don't want i don't want to suck up all the oxygen here so like i can pass it to you guys but if you want i can also give a description of the scene but if you want to if you want to take it and go
0: go for it yeah go for it all right
1: this is i think it's so great oh my god okay um uh, think about where we are in this movie. The entire movie, Jack has been bitching about his novel and being like, I need time to work. Oh, okay, I'm working on it, I'm working on it. Oh, when you interrupt me, and he he snaps at her for interrupting him, she has this moment where you know things are now broken. She's carrying a bat. She's shaking. She's looking for him. She, She still doesn't really know if he's friend or foe, and she can't find him. She strolls up to this desk the camera is looking from the perspective of the typewriter and her her head slowly comes into the scene, staring at the... And you can see her eyes go wide. Then it goes to the paper and it's like, oh my God, on this one piece of paper, he's been writing the same sentence over and over. And then she looks to the right and you can't see it yet, but she reaches and then she picks up another piece of paper and it says that. And I still, I still remember exactly how I felt the very first time I ever saw this. She starts then flipping the pages. And he's got like all indentations, paragraphs, quotes, and it's all the same sentence. And the music starts to ramp up and ramp up. And she's flipping through them, fucking terrified, more terrified, 20 pages, 30 pages, 50 pages. And then you have this realization... Oh my god! He's been crazy this whole time, and we didn't. De- he has been a time bomb this whole time, and we didn't even know it. And then the camera peeks around from 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 the corner, and it's his point of view, and you see her, and he comes, and they have what I think is like an incredibly perfect like buildup of tension, where you you I feel like I'm tightrope walking. She's walking backwards, holding a bat. He's walking forwards very slowly, very patiently. And then he's just mocking her, but he's not attacking. He's not running at her. And it slowly builds and slowly builds until she reaches the staircase and she breaks and he breaks. And he says, you didn't let me finish my sentence. And then he says, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm going to bash your brains in. And, and, and I just thought that, that from, from start to finish, it was, it, it was, it was, it was, it was an absolute well, beat I'll, scene.
2: I'll take it a step further, Bri, all the way up the stairs to the point where the, where he gets whacked that, that I thought that I thought the part of her walking up the stairs was like my favorite part of the entire movie. So, so I'll take your scene and go start to finish up to the point where he gets knocked out cold. And how many
0: times would, did they have to do that? Because that had to be shot. One, you can't do it both at the same time with those cameras. They had to, and the, plus the amount of takes he did, and mm. and let's get let's also give a shout out to the person that typed out all of those pages.
3: Yeah, the, was, those were all typed out. Do you have yeah, a? You want the typos? Uh, yeah. You can you can notice all the typos in the pages as well. But, how,
0: yeah. the typos how each one had a different style. Like one of them is like he was. He, my favorite might have been the one that he, like, part of it was he was, he was refer, he was quote, he was sourcing or something, a long quote. <laughs> and it was, and there was, it, there was so many of them. They were all typed out. And yeah, that's, I have that as one of my, I mean, I have five scenes as my favorite scene, but, but this is, this might be the one yeah. too. Uh, so. I- <laughs> I also this have an, another great book. Into
1: madness. Just that, that, that really, so he took his time and it was such a slow descent into madness and violence.
0: It was great. Cause in the book, he actually was writing a play. He like, yeah, he actually was writing something. But then he, but I mean, he was writing something and then he ended up being obsessed. He was going to write a book about the hotel. Yeah. But that's a whole yeah. other. But yeah, this scene is amazing. And, yeah.
1: And, and can we, can I, can I give it, can I give a fucking. A shout out to all those all those fucking jokers who tried to give Shelly Duval a Razzie because her fear in the scene is fucking palpable. I, I I don't see how you can watch that scene and think that she should get a rap I'm sorry. I just she was
0: also we didn't talk about it as much, uh, but the earlier scene when she came to check on him, like she's like, Hey, maybe I'll come back later, some sandwiches. You can have me read something. Like you could, I mean just picture someone who's like he has writer's block he's trying to write something and someone's like hey i'll come back and i already disturbed you let me bring you some sandwiches but she she played it so well going from like very very like caring to a little bit scared and hurt like yeah this overall it's yeah i mean yeah so i i i also that had
3: that i also had that for favorite scene i i had favorite scene and then favorite camera work which is is coming up but but favorite scene uh, in particular the range of Jack Nicholson's acting because he's going from he's expressing rage, he's expressing disappointment, he's expressing sadness is like the crazy happy thing going on. He's got this entire range of emotions that is rapid fire going through as they're having the conversation and as they're going through the hotel, which was, um, because it se- it seems in the beginning like Jack Nicholson is just going to do the crazy Jack Nicholson, but in that moment, he's showing a total range of acting
1: ability. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and, and it's almost like, because everybody knows that he can be crazy Jack Nicholson, but the fact that he's not and you know he's on the verge of it, it's that anticipation that actually makes it scarier, not the actual, you know, it, it, it's all in the, Billy like Hitchcock, man, it's all in the buildup. It's not in the actual event itself. It's in the buildup. And for that, the build-up. You see how long it is from that table up the stairs? And they were walking so low. Okay. She knocks him out. He falls down the stairs. She drags him to the food locker. He gets locked in the food locker. And Grady eventually lets him out of the food locker. And you never find out how.
3: Uh, which which I appreciate because in the Simpsons spoof, they just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mo is going uh, Homer. Me and the ghouls uh, are uh, getting a little bit worried about uh, the progress we're making here. And then they just open the door, and just a bunch of like Mo and a bunch of ghouls just come in and drag him screaming out of the fridge. Like <laughs> I, I took when he let
0: him out. I just took that as because I guess that was the first time that the 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 spirits actually physically did something. They like made contact, and I I just took that as the house. I guess the with the strangling, yeah, right. If you believe that, if you believe that, but that just the the house just getting the house whatever the hotel,
1: uh, the hotel
0: getting stronger.
1: Um, okay, and then there's that there's that pretty awesome shot, obviously, of Jack and his head against the door, and the camera like Kubrick. Uh, you, you, there's always uh, there's famous shots of him making the movie, like looking he's laying on the floor below Jack doing. You know, oh, like that's his-
0: great, and that's such a memorable shot. So memorable. That's that's just Kubrick being like, "Yeah, what if we shoot it down here?" Do you think it's funny? And there's even more memorable shots and quotes to come. <laughs> oh my god! It's a, sorry. It's been like an hour and a half. Okay,
1: Red Rum time, guys. Red Rum. Yeah, now we've we talked about Red Rum yet? We haven't even talked about Red Rum because it's been dropped. It has been dropped in the book. It's been dropped in the movie, and it's like, what Red Rum? Bro, what is it? And so, of course, Red Rum. revealed once again through a mirror right when when shelly duvall wendy looks into the mirror sees murder they zoom in on it the music goes crazy hopefully you get chills down your spine again um and now we know that shit is about to go down you know jack is jack has been let out and he's running up with his axe uh and we have one, one of the, I, I mean, I don't tell me if you think I'm overstating this, but I think one of the most famous scenes in movie history, or at oh, least like still yeah. shot. And that, and
0: that, that, that's so there's different, you know, covers of the, of the, of the, of the shining and stuff of posters. But that one of Jack's head through the the door is, is the best. Yeah. It's yeah. So iconic.
1: And, and of course him ad living, here's Johnny.
0: His Carson was big. Right. Yeah. At the time yeah
1: and and although uh, even before that like, they got even overshadowed an awesome awesome line before that when he's like little pig little pig let me in and he just goes through the nursery rhyme and then he came out with here's johnny and then the most iconic shot in like horror history so okay
2: um although, yeah. although uh, stephen king wasn't too impressed in his later years i believe <laughs> i believe he oh. called it all surface level Well, he was describing a surface level entertainment. He says, I described the film as a beautiful car that had no engine in it. (laughs) I, 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 we, I'm going to hold,
1: I'm going to hold. Okay. Okay. We'll go. I'm going to hold my thoughts on that, but I'm I'm, 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 glad you teased that. Pete, I'm glad you teased it. He says good things too, but anyways. I'm glad you teased it. Okay. So then Halloran shows up one of the quickest and maybe most surprising movie deaths for those who might have read the book wait
0: let's 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 back up a step here and let's talk about halloran's uh apartment decoration his home decor oh
3: i have that down as a note yes we do need to talk about that because
0: that is he that is a smooth operator the way he the way he's, <laughs> he's he, he those posters are amazing <laughs>
2: But so was, that, was that, that Kubrick, wearing, was that Kubrick's idea or
3: what? It must have been.
2: It wasn't in the book. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it was not in like, the book. he's
3: in Miami. He's in Miami. I, I presumably, like yeah. at this time. Even the shirt that he's wearing. He just looks like he's just, just ready to go out and slay. And and just the, his whole trip, like they didn't
0: have to see him sitting on the airplane all that time. I guess it was to show that he didn't just magically appeared, but they spent a lot of time with him in route to the, to the hotel and him calling up is the guy who's in Rocky, right? He was Apollo Creed's manager.
1: Yeah, and he
0: gets the, oh. uh, he gets the the snowmobile from, or the snowcat.
3: Yeah. So, so this, this guy, he has to get on a plane, fly from Miami to Denver, drive five hours, Pick up uh, a, a massive off-road snowmobile, drive through the mountains to the Overlook Hotel. Makes blizzard. it five minutes into the hotel and takes an axe to the chest. And the whole, having read the book, the whole time I'm like, he's not really dead, is he? Like he survived. Like that it it went into his chest below the heart. Like he's not dead, right? He can't be dead. He's not dead.
0: No, no, he gets up, he gets injured by a by a hedge animal
1: and then he saves them, <laughs> right? No, he gets no killed. No, he's dead. He's definitely he still dead. saved them though. He still like it wasn't pointless because it was that that pulled Jack away from the door, so he still saved them. Yeah, and and it's so
0: interesting it, it's done so well too because in the book he has the feeling that he's going to die and not come back alive. And then, so I thought for sure reading the book that he was going to die.
1: Yeah. But then I was super surprised at the end of the book. I'm like, oh, wow, this really did take a different direction. They're like fishing on the docks at the end. I'm like, okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, It's
1: kind of a happy ending, actually. Yeah. It's it's like Uncle Halloran, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uncle Scatman.
0: (laughs) Uncle Scatman. Little Scatman. Come on. Can I come over and look at your posters, Uncle Scatman?
1: (laughs) Okay. So, so he's dead. Uh, Wendy is now out of the room. She's climbing some stairs. And she sees a very for those who go deep into the Shining analyses, a really strange scene of a, a man in a bear suit going down on a man in a tuxedo in a room. Oh, that's the that the, that's from the book. That's the old owner of the hotel.
0: And he has like yes. a like a like a fuck buddy that, that, no, that that's from he,
2: the
1: book. Yeah, yeah. he, he yes. has this. Well, it's not from the, it's an ode to the book. It's not in the book. It's an it is, ode. To- well, no, that part isn't in the book, but there's a
0: character in the book. He's the one of the original owners of the hotel. And he has this guy. He's kind of like a like a yeah, like a fuck buddy. And he and he dresses up like a dog at one of the parties in the ballroom. And he has him he's like teasing him and having do tricks and stuff. Yeah, it's,
1: Ro- it's Roger and Forrester Winter, the co-owner of the hotel.
0: Yeah, so that and that's pretty and that's wacky because Wendy just goes doing the rounds and then she sees the skeletons in in another one of the very few actual horror movie moments. And they're kind of it's kind of out of place in a way, you know, it's seeing all these cobweb because they're they're spirits. They're not like dead Like, they're not, they're skeletons, they're ghosts, right? So
1: I I think that, in my opinion, I think all that was done just to show that everything was coming to a head. Like, the hotel was at its most powerful point. Remember, it was only Danny who could see it at first. And then it was Jack. And Wendy was the only one who couldn't see it. But now all three of them can see it. So, like, the truth is bare. All three of them know. (laughs) bare. The truth is bare. All three of them know. And now, like we are at a point, a breaking point, something has to change. Uh, and that I think in my opinion, I think that's why they they did that. But
3: really, really quickly, did did we did we properly like a uh, pause on the act scene? We've now gone past it, correct? No, I'll tell you it. So what do you got? The camera angles on that. That's that totally iconic where he's basically quickly panning from left to right and matching the motion of the axe into the door and then pulling back that's some of the most brilliant camera work i've seen well i gotta go back and watch that yeah no, that's- it's amazing and and then also in the Simpsons spoof they they also you know match that as well but just that scene of him hacking into the door And after all we've seen from from Kubrick's work in the other movies and how he's working with the handhelds and I was using different angle cameras that the way he's so perfectly matching the motion of the axe and panning with because he could just he could have just done a wide angle. He could have just done it a wide. But no, he's coming in and he's panning with the motion in like perfect
1: sync. It's incredible. You're right. You're right. Oh, my God. I'm definitely going to go back and watch that.
0: It's amazing. They also used, I think, 90 doors for that scene because the yeah, amount of time I, they shot it.
2: Yeah, I think they were doing that panning shot on both doors because he broke down a first door before the second. Yeah. 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 Uh, oh, man. Okay. Yeah. I'm
1: so glad they changed it from the mallet to the axe, too, by the way. Mm. That was the way to go. All right, and now finally to the maze scene. Danny escapes. He slides down the hill, runs into the maze, and Jack Torrance chases him. And obviously, Danny makes it out, and Jack does not.
2: Daddy! <laughs> Daddy!
1: Well, that's pretty good. You're you got you got a decent Jack Torrance impression, Rich.
0: Maybe it's because I'm in the bathroom right of the room 237 right now.
1: So something interesting that I've seen, you know, they, they, you know how people overanalyze everything. I forgot, I forgot. I really wish I could credit this, but I forgot who who I read this from on on. You know, there's somebody on YouTube. Um, Where you know, it was an interesting analysis saying like Danny, the way that he fooled Jack and got him stuck in the maze and eventually led to his death, retraced his steps. And I, I you know, I'm not down with the conspiracy theories, but like these little analyses are cute, right? So somebody saying that like. His ability to be able to retrace, retrace and walk into the past and look into the past and use that to your advantage me- meant the difference between life and death. Whereas Jack was never able to effectively deal with his past, and so he he died. Now again, that's probably reading way too much into it, but uh, I thought that was pretty clever.
3: Uh, that's I it, it was, it it was kind of a confusing scene initially too because yeah you know, I I didn't see the footsteps. All I saw was Danny just like moving very strangely. I was just like, is he freezing to death? Like, what what is going on here? And then I was like, oh, oh, he's retracing his steps so that uh uh Jack can't see where he's gone in the snow. And then actually I mean I mean that's 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 that was the one point where I was like well done child well done child because the fact that he could figure out he's like okay he's tracing me by my footsteps so if i just end and i retrace it and then use those same footsteps to find myself out of the maze like that's some high level thinking for
2: well what is that it was like six no no it could have been tony's idea could have been an idea from 30 years later <laughs> Gosh.
1: <laughs> All right, and 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 that's that. And then we zoom in on we zoom in on a picture and shows that Jack has has always been the caretaker, as we learned from Grady, who is the father from A Clockwork Orange. So wow, wait, that might even have to put him up. It, now it's one thing to be a father of the guy from Clockwork Orange, but if you're also the father of the Grady twins, that's got to nominate you for an award at the end of the Ooh, year. Ooh, the best oh.
0: parent, best parenting. Should we should we change it from worst to best?
1: Oh my god. Because that's like dual. That's two straight movies. He's a terrible parent.
0: You know what? I always. You know what? That's a good. That's a good point. Because you you assume Jack gets the award for worst parenting, but Gr- what
3: Grady? Oh yeah, I hadn't thought about that.
1: Oh uh-huh. Grady man. Oh. And uh-huh. then and then his 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 work on his work on the guy from A Clockwork Orange too. It's like that's that that's that's just another layer.
3: That's 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 right. Jack is only single homicide. Grady is triple. Yeah. Jack doesn't kill any Oh no he
0: well, he doesn't kill his he doesn't kill his children though. He, he like we talking Yeah, about we get Ryan. a
1: Heller though. Yeah, he, he scat man. He killed the scat man.
0: He did kill scat man.
1: Okay, so uh Ragucci, I think it may do we have a comment from another a fifth member or
0: um I think so. I do believe this is this is the point where we like to go to a segment we call QQ says. Meow.
3: Uh-huh,
0: uh-huh, meow. Um first off, would anyone like to point out where I am, meow?
1: Looks like you're in the bathroom of the overlook hotel, QQ. Oh
0: meow. <laughs> Correct, Brian. Um meow, there are a lot of conspiracy theories we know, meow, but has anyone now familiar with the cat conspiracy theory of shining? Meow? No, okay. On.
2: <laughs> hold Don't
0: on. Um hold on. Let me I'm trying to put it's hard without thumbs. I'm trying to <laughs> put a photo in the chat. And everyone look at the chat and look at the photo. And someone can someone describe, meow, what you see in the photo.
3: Just uh just a quick uh, uh, Pete, peek. Isn't isn't chat uh a cat in French?
2: we
0: meow.
1: Push, uh... meow 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 okay look at the picture okay. and that's my second we're looking meow. at a still shot of Halloran when he's giving <laughs> the tour all right Halloran is giving the tour uh and this is right before he tells the sh- he-, he talks to Danny via the shine and it looks like <laughs> tang kool-aid Calamit. <laughs> Baking powder, and of course, a number of different cans of tomato sauce with QQ's face on it. <laughs> the, 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 hidden, the hidden cat, the hidden cats and the heads
0: from the story.
3: You know, I never would have caught that detail unless you, you hadn't pointed it out to us. That's that's an amazing eye, QQ. Yeah, that's incredible, incredible. Meow,
1: you your meow, come. so next uh we 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 don't have to we because we talked a lot about differences between the book uh the book and the movie but um you know i gotta say i really enjoyed the book i think the book is very good i enjoyed the movie a lot more and it's not because i love movies over books just pound for pound my enjoyment uh this was this is a cinematic masterpiece and the book was awesome
3: I'm definitely going to watch the movie again. I'm probably not going to read the book again. I would read. I mean, granted, it's a long novel.
0: Yeah, it's long, but it's it's a quick read. It's not a dense. You know, it's a Stephen King. It's re- it's. I was surprised at how I haven't read a Stephen King in years, and it's it's probably my favorite book of his.
1: You, yeah.
3: you know, the few that I've read was really good.
1: I I guess you know what the, the, the difference maker for me is that is that I think King wrote a little bit more of a storybook ending, um, which is fine. I have no problem with that. Um, but what Kubrick did, I thought, was just better. Um, and 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 I'm not one of those people who thinks like just because somebody writes a fucking book that whoever makes the movie has to make it like the book. No. They can make it however they want. Just like, and the people who read the book just have to calm the fuck down and just, just know that you're going into something completely different. Like it's a whole different experience when you watch something versus when you read something out of an imagination. You have to change things. And in this case, uh, he changed it. And I thought he changed it for the better. Kubrick made it he made it horrifying. He made it way scarier than King did. Because in King's version, like there was refuge. Hell, in King's version. There, Jack Torrance actually was one of the protagonists because at the end, he he finally turned. He was able to hold off the spirits and let Danny get away because because there was something redeemable in there. And that was a big point of contention between King and Kubrick. Uh, and I, I don't know how much I read about that. Virgoch, you must have come across that. I...
0: Yeah, I I mean I I, I get if, if you've read the book and going into that movie to see an adaptation, I get being disappointed. It's hard. It's very hard to separate yourself from it, especially because he threw out some of the core elements that that King found so important. That mm. you know the house drove Jack Torrance to this rather yeah. than like he's clearly just insane the whole time. And it's he made and Kubrick made a whole other thing out of it and. Yeah, I didn't see eye, eye to eye on it, but I can you see can... Be, being disappointed as a fan of the book.
1: Yeah, uh, but for, for, what for... I like, Kubrick, revo- he, Kubrick removed the explana- a lot of the explanations. A, because he used only two hours, right? But like, I, I actually liked the fact that the things weren't explained. I liked the fact that the backstories weren't there because it made the movie more suspenseful because you know a little bit less. And now you're like guessing the whole time. Like It, it actually enhanced my viewing experience because of that. So, so for those
3: who watched both uh, King interviews, how does this opinion change over time?
0: He doesn't give a lot of, in the first one, he doesn't give a lot of, of inf- information about it, really. Here's
1: a quote. Here's the quote from the first one. Now, this is when he was, it was young. The movie just came out and he was interviewed by uh, some talk show. Oh, I forgot which talk show host. This is what he said. He said, quote, There are an awful lot of things about that movie that I think are flawless and beautiful and just marvelous. And there are other times where I feel like I've given Stanley Kubrick a live grenade, and he he heroically threw his body on it. So I I actually don't even know what that last part means. But what is very polite in that?
2: He was very polite in that interview. But he said it was
1: like flawless Uh, and beautiful. (laughs)
3: i well i'll take a stab at that maybe he thought that his own work couldn't properly be represented as a film so it was already an exercise and failure from the beginning for kubrick it's it seems like kind like of that. uh i like that yeah i a, couldn't fit a, for a sort kind of roundabout that. way from saying i this this movie wasn't it, it the novel wasn't done justice but it couldn't possibly be done justice so whoever was going to take on this responsibility was going to inevitably come up short
2: yeah he, he, he also in the i think the later interview he, he the later youtube video he said that him and kubrick had a different view upon life after death and hell and everything so there, there's more out there for anybody who's interested yeah, right. Allegedly,
1: as from King, King says that Kubrick just co- randomly called him one night when a lot of shit was going on in his house and, like, didn't even, it wasn't even like, hey, how you doing? He just, like, went straight into, like, a conversation about, like, whether there's an afterlife, if God exists, and he's like, and, and they, they immediately, in the first, like, minute, disagreed about that because <laughs> Kubrick came charging in and was like, well, you know what? The fact that there are ghosts, isn't that, you know, don't you think that that's, you know, positive or negative because that proves that there's an afterlife and it's and 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 they just you know not arguing but they disagreed on that right away but the main point of contention was the fact that and king says this in every other interview later in life the fact that 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 kubrick's character is not redeemable and in the book jack is supposed to be redeemable right there there and and that that's and it's funny because like if you watch all the later interviews he, he shits on Kubrick in the movie. And it's like, and there was even one that I did not send out where he was like, somebody was just like phone recording a recent like King talking on stage. And King was like, he talked about Kubrick being dead. He's like, oh, well, you know what? Kubrick thought this, ha ha. Well, he was. Uh. And you know who was right? I was. And guess what? I'm still alive and he's not. So I guess who won that one? And I'm just like, oh, my my God. Yeah. May I may I point out, sir, may I point out, sir, that you cashed an eight million dollar check for the move for the for the fucking what what you made from this movie. Right. So, like, I get it. You can not like the product, but maybe we cool it on the criticisms decades later of one of the greatest horror movies ever. And maybe we just say just take your check and be happy with it. Oof.
0: He he also didn't. I mean, the, the, that that's like you said. The main thing was Jack and also Wendy. He didn't like Wendy he was so weak. He's, yeah, she be so much stronger. I if I you love don't love the, do
1: this, don't sell your fucking book. Well, don't. Sell-
0: yeah, it's kind of tough. I guess as as an author of something, he he referred to it as his baby. He sends his baby off, or sends his child off to school and hopes they do well. But he doesn't. He gives away. He is good about giving his. There's so many adaptations. About so many. his, of, of beginning the giving the, doesn't give him away, but.
1: You just don't get a shit on people when they passed on, you know? <laughs> you
0: I guess that might've gone a little over the line. I love that. That, the book. that feels a bit over the line. I love the book. And yeah, like I, I see, I can appreciate them both for what they are. I love how much detail it goes into about Jack's father, how Jack would, Jack's father abused his, his mother. Ooh. And mm. and the law is heavy, it's heavy stuff. And, but the film is still, it's in it. it I appreciate it even more. Now the film yeah. mostly because of Kubrick month in general and knowing more about Kubrick, Kubrick, can I, can I
1: say some of the most classic things about this movie? were not in the book. I mean, the, 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 as the, as, the, the typewriter Jack make, makes Jack a dull boy, not in the book. The maze, the entire maze, not in the book, the ax, not in the book, right? The maze, I I didn't
0: mention this. The maze, remember the overhead shot of the maze? That was like painted on the film after. That wasn't, they weren't really standing in a maze.
3: Yeah, that's wild. They only had the center. They're They're, they had the overhead shot. It's just the center. And then it's superimposed on the model of the hedge maze.
0: Yeah, but he it, makes it look it, it was they were they they were standing in a parking lot when they when they did that, when they were the overhead shot. But can we get to the I, I
1: don't want to And then just wait two more, two more things that that could that, 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 again, Cooper gets get has to get credit for twins. That, I mean, that that scene, obviously, that's all him and Danny riding around in the tricycle. That's all him, too. So,
0: no, it's a great Um, it's, it's a classic. It's in my you know, it's now it's in my top five. At least of horror all time horror film, and I'm a horror fan. I, I'm gonna have
3: to call it in five
1: minutes. Just all like, right. We to
0: gotta to we gotta get to the conspiracy theories. Can we find? Okay, them? here we are. Two thirty. Try seven. to
1: we'll try to find a way to not do like half an hour conspiracy theories here. Let's try to sum them up. All just right. sum can Take it,
0: You want me to walk? I'll walk you through this. The Native Americans, which I don't like. I said I think that's just subtext of the film. It was built on an irredent er- burial ground. The white man's burden. The cans, which. It, Kubrick is famously adjusting the cans in the in the pantry you know the ones but QQ pointed out they have cats on them but there's one of an Indian and it means peace
3: pipe uh there's a lot of Indian stuff and I believe I I used to we used to use that that particular baking powder I remember growing up with an Indian headdress uh baking powder uh fun fact that There you go and they
0: got the theme the there's just Indian uh, Native American art. All the clothes they're wearing—it's—it's it's all over the place. The just the the theme of the the, the white man, um, you know, coming in, stealing the land, all that stuff. Where the one the most out there? Let's go with the most out there—the Holocaust subtext. So, Pete, just so you know, the Holocaust. The, these are these are what fans think represent that the film is about referencing the Holocaust, mostly the number forty-two. So somebody counted the cars. There are 42 cars in the parking lot of the Overhotel hotel. There's 42, number 42 on the license plate. The, the, this is what I was thinking of the, of the, the movie Seven. The summer of 42, because 1942 was kind of the height of the Holocaust, I guess, or the beginning, the start of it. Uh, two times three times seven equals 42. Room 237. Um, the typewriter, the German typewriter. This is this and then also the most out there uh the people because this Kubrick has all those slow dissolves which people go nuts over the slow dissolves i think they're great just because they're visually stunning but the ones where the people the luggage dissolves into people that's representing the holocaust but the way that there is piles of luggage um of the dead people and Uh, there's one thing where Jack's Hitler mustache, when he fades his hair, is it it dissolves into the picture of him at the end, the black and white photo. He's got like a Hitler mustache. Uh, We talked about the Apollo moon landing. Um, one sexual abuse, the sexual abuse, uh, the, the, the one that was ridiculous. Remember the phallic one where, where an almond shakes Jack's hands in the office. His paper file is in—it's protruding out of him like a phallic symbol. It, it, it's like a square. It makes no sense. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but
1: but it's but worthy enough to be repeated
0: here. <laughs> <laughs> but the one thing I I really like is that so the, when Halloran goes by a car crash when he's driving to the Overlook Hotel, yes, there's a red Volkswagen in in a car crash that's in the underneath the truck, the semi. And that was the car that the red Volkswagen was in the book. So the, the person read it as like an F you to Stephen King, which I kind of I'm on board with that.
1: I thought it was an homage to... Maybe it doesn't have to be an FU. It could just be like an homage. Be like, hey, I know I changed the car. Here you go, buddy. I mean, yes. they classically butted
0: heads. They were butting heads about this at the time. Oh, right. Like, like he, not only just the changes he made, he threw out Stephen King's screenplay. Stephen King wrote a screenplay for this, and Cooper yes. threw oh, it out. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and I do believe that all this stuff, like the Apollo 11 shirt, I don't think he's, he, he's, he's making a... An, uh uh what do you call it uh, confession about the moon landing I feel like he's just trolling people that's a guy because Cooper is just he is in control of every single detail of this film
1: no I I think I I agree with the Apollo shirt and trolling that's not an accident it is so evident right it's so evident yeah.
0: so I no. I believe he was trolling King and he's trolling horror movies in a way just the way this was made like the chair reappearing and disappearing like that's yeah. That can't be. That wasn't a mistake. There's no reason for that chair to ever not be in the scene. Uh, but it could just
2: be the, a mistake. If it could be a mistake, if you do fifty takes of something and you're doing the, but there's no reason to move the, the
0: chair. Like if you're move, why would you? It's in the background.
3: I guess maybe to put the camera there. So I guess, um, I guess
0: yeah, maybe, yeah.
3: Mistake. Um, what we the- borrow this. Can we borrow this chair for one scene i mean there's no possible way this could be the scene we want to move, use in the movie right <laughs> it's so funny because it it's disappears. one scene.
0: It, it's in there it disappears it cuts away from jack it, it goes back and it reappears again it's so comical if you know it's there um but the, the one the most out there has to be the minotaur uh stuff marco you you can talk
3: about that i didn't make any notes about that i was kind of like what uh i mean i didn't i didn't dig that deep into to any theory i i it was basically just um i don't know the 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 because he has the hedge maze which is uh similar to in the in the myth of it's been so long since I read it. The myth uh, of the Minotaur. Basically, the hero goes into. Was that was that Hercules or was that somebody else? I don't. No, I can't remember. It doesn't matter. But he basically, yeah, he goes in a maze and he basically has to, define this this Minotaur that's I guess protecting this maze and and slay the Minotaur, and then you see Jack, basically chasing Danny throughout the maze. You also at the earlier perspective where he's looking menacingly down at the model. So I I I don't know. I don't see anything
0: conspiratorial. Oh, okay. I thought that, you I, I thought you would did you watch 237? No. Oh, okay. Well there's also earlier there's a when Danny's playing in the in the game room when he's waiting for them when they're going on the tour of the hotel, there's this there's a monarch poster in the back when the twins show up. And this—it's a ski post. Somebody's skiing, and it. it looks like a men, mentor, Minotaur by this uh, Minotaur. Minotaur. And then on the other side of the twins is a bull. So, and there was a whole theory about about that, and it's—it it, was—it was, it was out. It was fun. I had a lot of fun. Uh, oh, no, that—that
1: is fun. That is fun.
3: But
0: I, yeah, I mean,
1: can't not, in October.
3: The 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 only thing about like these quote unquote conspiracy theories is it's kind of like. What it just sounds like some of this is just attention to detail, exactly and just the exactly. artist drawing on inspirations and, and wanting to. They, they sound more like Easter eggs than, uh, like conspiracy theories.
0: Basically, and the,
1: the Holocaust ones, kind of. That's a little okay. Funny.
3: That
0: that's a little yeah yeah yeah. But but I think that just goes to the magic of a film like this when you there's so much in it that you, so much can be. Can be you know read into it. Just
1: I do think the sexual abuse one. It's not wild and out there. It isn't. It isn't wild and out there. But I just think it's wrong. So
3: yeah, the the conspiracy theories one are like. It sounds more like the the sexual abuse one. The Apollo Eleven land. like faked moon landing. Like that's obviously a conspiracy theory. I think that's the only one that actually qualifies as a conspiracy theory, though. Not the Holocaust one. No, that that would because again. Why is it a conspiracy? It could just be inspiration of the artist
1: or, or just like I guess just them seeing things that aren't there.
3: Oh, and another another yeah. thing was was that by
0: him mentioning the three little pigs that was and this is a stretch because an early three little pigs was was Walt Disney cartoon and referencing Walt Disney's it was very anti-semitic the early
3: Walt like three little pig cartoons. Oh. Oh, that's right, because the wolf was supposed to be uh a a quote unquote a Jew,
1: right? And the
0: yeah, oh, yeah, yeah.
1: I never knew that.
3: Yeah, so- it was
0: very
1: very anti Semitic.
0: Yeah, oh there God. you go. So that's that just feeds into the whole uh let's call All it right. subtext.
1: So so move on. This is no we're on no dump. I actually have no notes to dump. I've talked about everything I needed to talk about. I you don't gotta, I,
3: I I talked about everything too. We can, for the interest of time, we can, um, I, I've, I've got, a, have got a, just a, a couple, I, 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 wrote down a note that said, I, um, I can't tell if, uh, hold on. Give me, hold on. Give me a second here. <laughs> I I, he's, he's folding
1: laundry sorry. right now too. Like, just... <laughs> here. Oh, okay. okay,
3: Can't tell. <laughs> If Jack Nicholson is being creepy or just being Jack Nicholson, what's the difference? <laughs>
2: that's oh, That was wow.
3: my.
1: Oh my god! I just quoted Jack Nicholson there too from the from um, the Departed.
3: Ooh, deep
0: cut.
1: Ask you is what's the difference? It's wow. funny because
0: that's that's what people knocked him for in the Departed was that he was just being Jack Jack. <laughs>
3: Um, second, second note was forgot to mention during the, the bar scene when he's, he's taking the alcohol and he's talking to Lloyd. He, uh, yeah, yeah. The old, uh, sperm bank upstairs. And he refers to his wife as a sperm bank. Yeah.
2: He's, he was, is that true? Because I see, I miss, I misinterpreted that then I thought he was asking like, how's the book going? And he was saying that about his brain. I thought he was saying upstairs, meaning his head. I thought he was like, oh, the old sperm bank upstairs. Because it was like, how's your work going? (laughs) I thought thought that meant like his creative brain or something. So, okay, I missed the context on that one. I'm just
3: writing this novel. I'm just climaxing constantly. Yeah, well, no, it's what it seemed like. He's
2: he's just like, meaning because when he said upstairs, I thought he was like saying your brain, your creative brain is like your sperm bank upstairs. I, I thought that's what he was saying.
1: I don't know. I thought he was Wendy, but that's—I've never heard that take. That's interesting. I've
2: never—I I, I, assumed it was Wendy. I typically don't interpret these right, so don't worry about that one. Pete, no, that's he, good. Pete, Pete, Pete is pure mind. I love it.
0: He—he <laughs> he needs to make his own room two thirty-seven.
1: Yeah, yes, he does. <laughs> no, he was being very like misogynistic, and yes, okay. Um, and Mark, are oh, you yeah, any other quote? Any other notes? Sorry, and then and then we just do quotes.
0: I got two quotes.
1: Got to go for it.
0: My first, they were both from the same exact scene and I think they're back to back. Uh, You've had your whole fucking life to think things over. What good's a few more minutes gonna do now? (laughs) One of the many (laughs) quotes of his. And then Bri, yours, you mentioned it earlier, which is the other one I wrote. Wendy, darling, light of my life. You know, let me finish, I'm not
1: gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains. I'm gonna bash them right the fuck in right the fucking <laughs> like of my, life. Light of my oh, life it's the added detail the extra details are just beautiful all right quotes what do we got
3: those are mine all done uh, yeah no i that's uh yeah strangely enough i just i wrote down your money's no good here because i was like what what does that mean exactly is that is that a is that meant to be a like a positive or a negative like but your positive. money's no good here because you're you know a disgusting individual or your money's no good here because we love you so much like we don't 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 want to use any of your money well, and so. he's,
2: at that scene he's transported back into pretty much the picture at the end of the movie he's transported back into being the manager of the whole place so your money is uh, not good here means like well, you're the boss boss you know yeah. Uh, oh, oh, good, good catch. You, did we talk about the photo at the end, or did I just yeah, spoil I, it up front we, and we're good? Okay. Briefly,
1: yeah, we briefly did. If you want, if you had anything no. to add,
2: though. No, no I'm, good, I'm good.
1: i I just have to. I, I have the obligator. I just feel like it is necessary to mention these two quotes. I mentioned one before. The my favorite one. Danny's not here. Mrs. Torrance said by Tony. But you know, just because it's again one of the most iconic quotes in horror movie history. Here's Johnny. That's all. You
0: gotta, you gotta, yeah. gotta shout out for that. Yeah,
1: you you gotta say it. You, you had to say it. And so I think our ratings now, right?
0: Yeah, that's it. Ratings, and then we'll will we'll talk about next week briefly. So, who wants to go first for their ratings? Anyone? Anyone? Mark? I'm,
1: I'm, no, fuck it, fuck it. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm sure, gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna give this movie a six out of five. Six? Oh, you. St-
3: well, what, were you, what under? Under what rubric? Like, what, 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 what are, are we using for oh, six man. out of five?
1: Oh my god! So I'm so sorry about that. Um, I'm gonna go. Let's see. Oh boy, come back to me. Give me a second on this one.
3: All right. I, I'll, I'll give it. Um, five feet of hallway blood out of five.
0: Sounds good, Pete. What do you? What are you, are you gonna? Give a rating, or you want me to go?
2: Ah, uh, you can go first.
0: Um, I did not. I I I had already planned this beforehand, Brian. I'm on the same page as you. I gave this eleven out of ten. Um, axes to Halloran's chest, to Scatman's chest.
1: <laughs> Scatman.
0: Yeah, i eleven out. It's just yeah, I I somehow like it more than before than I ever did.
1: And then, sorry, I, I've got and and I and I I will jump in. And I will say I was six out of five filiating bears.
0: Yeah, Ooh, one. nice one. He nice dog, but was he a dog?
1: It's a kind of that- a dog in the book and a bear in the movie. Remember, Raguch because he was a bear costume in the movie. But then when you go back to the scene where Danny was a kid, and he oh, back in the beginning, and he had his pants off, and the doctor was checking him out, and he had his hands over his private parts, he was laying on a bear pillow. And then when you go to the the, the Overlook Hotel, you look in his bedroom. Above his bedroom, there are a picture of what? Two bears. Raguch, it's all there. That's the...
0: Uh, I can't believe I forgot that. That's also... You reminded me of the... The sticker of Dopey from the from the dwarf the Dopey dwarfs. When you zoom in at Danny in the bathroom, there's a little Dopey uh, sticker on on the wall. But when it mm-hmm. shows him in the bed later, it's not there. So one of and, the the theories is that he's no longer he 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 understands what happened at the hotel. So he's no longer a dope. So for
1: Rigo- Rigo- of course. And what's his nickname? Doc. Doc. There yeah. it is.
0: We opened it all up. We
1: opened Guys, it. Open. It's all there. That's Listen, so- we're going to cr- all can I just and, and all of these, we, we got this information from a lot of people and a lot of like different videos and stuff. We can, we can just list. I say we list them all in the show credits yeah. if you can, because they all deserve credit for this shit.
0: All the names of these people. No, no, this, no. Just
1: the links. All oh, the of all, links
3: right. of all the, vi- the, the supplemental. Okay. Wait, wait, Pete, all right. Wait, all right. Wait, Let's get Pete's raining and then I gotta go. Okay, I'm
2: I'm giving it a uh, 199 out of 237. (laughs) Fucking Uh, hedges. Fucking hate. Just (laughs) hedges. Just (laughs) hedges.
1: so much okay
2: all right Brian. what are we what are we what are we doing
0: next week we're our final week for kubrick month. final
1: week for kubrick we're uh we're going into listen we've done oh my god we've done we've done love we've done you know mystery we've done horror we're going to sci-fi uh and this is 2000, 2001 a space odyssey for next week
0: awesome which also
1: I- also a novel also a novel also i don't know who wrote it um um, Steve, yeah, okay. Dean Koontz. No. Dean Koontz. Stop it. I, one, one,
3: of the, one of the most famous novel uh sci-fi novelists. Uh why do I never Arthur C. Well, Clarke, who's okay. who's who's considered to be one of the best hard sci-fi novelists of all time. And and can I give a fun fact about this film or should I wait for your brand? So fact, the film and uh the the film and the novel were co-written. Ah, uh, uh, were contemporaneously written. They were written at the same time, and as Kubrick was working on the film, Arthur C. Clarke was working on the novel, and they were communicating with each other throughout the whole process.
1: Oh, Okay. Well, we're t- you're 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 leading that charge next week.
3: All right. All right. Yeah, because I, I I did actually read the novel, and it's it's very very good. Nice. oh awesome we got a lot
0: of novels between all of us this this month i've i've never seen 2001 this is one of my this just always escaped me yeah i've never seen this i've movie. only
3: seen like the first half hour this was another film that i i never
1: wish pete have you seen it no so basically i'm the only one who's like seen the full movie correct, correct. yeah holy shit okay It'll here we go. exciting very if you funny. like if you like Tarkovsky and super long drawn out scenes, you're going to love this one. I <laughs> so so, th-
3: so this this is the the American
1: Solaris. We'll see, yeah, yes, yes, yes.
3: Um
0: very excited. So join us next week. As for this week, do we do we have any plugs? Nope. No plugs again if you if you don't like children if um if you...
3: uh uh <laughs>
0: If you're, if you're in, if you're in Thailand, you want to reach out, uh, Marco, uh, you can contact him as like, you can contact all of us at MRAC at gmail.com. Any last words for anyone?
3: Uh, yeah. Shout out. Uh, uh, I have to give a plug for Mrs. Pell's fish sticks, uh, frozen, frozen fish sticks. And remember, uh, they're even better when you're dead. Um, that's, uh, that's my plug.
1: All right. Sounds good. Okay. So, uh, my, my plug, my plug is for Calumet baking powder. All right. All right. And I'm going to plug,
0: uh, the moon. It is 2000, <laughs> uh, 237,000 <laughs> miles from the earth. And the moon. Two brothers. Shout out to the moon. Shout out to the moon. All right. See you next week.